0: today's podcast is brought to you by audible.com get a free audiobook today's podcast is brought to you by audible.com get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com slash watch out for fireballs over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iphone android kindle or mp3 player listen Waff, WAF never changes. The Romans had WAF to comment on the gladiator games of yore. Spain built an empire out of solid gold legend of Zelda cards. Hitler shaped a battered Germany into an economic superpower, utilizing the podcast, somehow. But waff, waff never changes. In the 20th century, WAF was still waged over Skype for the subscribers that could be acquired. Only this time, the spoils of Gary and Cole's labor were also their tools audacity, and logic. For these resources, Video Games Hot Dog would invade Retronauts, and Stand Under the Don't Tree would annex the level. The Retro Video Games podcast community was reduced to quarreling, bickering nation-states. In 2012, the storm of World War Waff had come again, and in two brief hours, and some change, well, probably closer to two and a half, your ears were reduced to bleeding cinders by what followed. In the ashes of this podtacular devastation, a new civilization would struggle to arise. A few were able to withstand the onslaught and reach the relative safety of the Steam group or the Facebook page. You are part of that group. Imprisoned safely behind the earbuds or speakers of your choosing, you have lived without knowledge of this specific WAF episode. But life is about to change.
1: My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you are listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. This is a podcast about old video games.
0: And this week we are talking about Fallout, which is a computer role-playing game developed by Interplay Entertainment for the PC and Mac in 1997.
1: And is maybe my favorite video game. So yes. so real quick disclaimer, <laughs> going to get a little crazy. The most sacred uh, of Brahmin. During this, yeah. Uh, <laughs> absolutely. Uh so this game, if you don't already know, is it has a post-apocalyptic setting and uh, laid out all the lore that would come for the later games in the series that you know uh, everybody kind of knows. Um, a big part of the setting is this melding of futuristic technology and pop culture from the '40s and '50s.
0: Yeah, the game is lauded for how many ways you can accomplish the different objectives uh, in its in its quests. Uh, you can opt to play entirely in the game's turn based combat, or you can build your character in such a way that you can talk your way out of uh, most situations. And true to form, that is the fun way to play. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, right, right. That,
0: that that is a subjective thing in the objective part of the recording, but uh, holy crap, the dialogue on this game is pretty good.
1: The, the the dialogue is is excellent in this game, as as well they they mostly were later as well. Um, yes. That's kind of been a hallmark of the series, and, and the reason why it's so uh, near and dear to my heart. Um, you know, the game was a huge uh, critical and commercial success. It's on several best of lists. Um, you know, I think it's PC gamers like current seventh best PC game of all time. Um, And serves as kind of a a basis for like a lot of sequels and spinoffs that are most, you know, at least half garbage. (laughs) One is a two spinoffs, one of which is total shit.
0: Okay, so Tactics and Brotherhood of Steel. Tactics is pretty good and uh, Brotherhood of Steel is bad.
1: Tactics is like good plus. It's a a little bit better than just like regular good. But Brotherhood of Steel is pretty rough.
0: It's uh, That was the one that was on Xbox and it was uh, like uh, Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance.
1: Which is weird because I like Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance quite yeah. a bit, you know. Uh, but it, it doesn't work, and that's not even me just getting into all the my No Mutants Allowed style. Like, it doesn't treat the canon with enough respect, which it doesn't. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> but it, even even if it even if it did, even if I ignored that stuff, it is uh, uh, not a great game.
0: Um, no Mutants Allowed. That is the rabid fan community on the uh, on on the internet, right?
1: Yes. Okay. Yep. Uh, Nma I think, is what it is. Um, they they gained a lot of infamy when when Bethesda bought the license and put out Fallout Three for being incredibly butt-sore that it was not a you know traditional isometric overhead yeah. game. Which you know I love isometric overhead games, but uh, also Fallout Three was great. Yeah. So <laughs> you know we we, we, we win win. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, you can have both. Yeah. It's
0: it's it's perfectly perfectly okay i think Mm -hmm. and and that's something that we'll get into it's not like bethesda like threw everything out no no as as far as like the tone and the mechanics and even like a lot of the just everything feels familiar
1: it's they do they do an excellent job and the uh, uh and they do a better job in new vegas yes you know of capturing the spirit more specifically of fallout 2 which we we won't. We'll probably in, inevitably end up talking about it a little bit, mm-hmm. um, partly because the the trivia and some of the encounters and stuff that I that I know uh, these two games meld a little bit in my mind.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, even though this playthrough also reminded me of a lot of ways that are different, which which we'll go into. Yes, um, for this episode, just to know the demarcation, um, we're doing this episode as a two parter. Um, for the first episode, we played up until you complete the the first objective in the game, which is reaching the water merchants and the water merchants in the hub and ultimately getting the water chip for your vault.
0: After that, um, you start kind of the second major quest of the game, Uh, Mm -hmm. you know, the the, the MacGuffin you're going after. Uh, So we decided to break it into there because there is a lot going on. And uh, uh, Gary at least has a lot of stuff to say about this. So we wanted to give it
1: time. (laughs) Whereas Cole will be stony silent.
0: Cole is indifferent.
1: No. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) While I just uh, I just kind of sit there and and gush. You're going to hear a lot of my like, and then this happens. And did you even know like that kind of voice like uh, uh, going on during during this while, while Cole just kind of shakes his head and plays solitaire in an extra window that he has open.
0: Watch out for the Chris Farley show. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> no, that's that's not that's not strictly true i can i can support every no. i can say why everything is, no. is great no that game. is
0: that, that that is perfectly fine i love the game it's really really good it's it's one of my favorites that we played um yeah. you know, just uh like uh, like even at first blush some of some, some of them it's uh, we'll, we'll get into this. some games we play it's kind of like ah i need to put some effort in this one had me hooked at least from the very start so
1: Excellent. And we, we kind of had the training. I know that you're not as uh, uh, acclimated to the Infinity Engine as I am. Right. And we had the, the training segment with Torment. Yeah. <laughs> Even though I, I learned in, in uh, researching this that this is not the Infinity Engine. No, it's I always not. thought it was, but it's a very close relative. It's obviously kind of a precursor.
0: Right.
1: Yeah. And I actually like it a little bit better. I like the, the movement being hex-based as opposed to the weird Baldur's Gate style where everything kind of just occupies a, a nebulous you know, area in space.
0: Yeah, it makes the turn-based stuff a lot easier. Um, Yeah. There's just something about like, okay, you can move three spaces before you shoot. Okay, I need to really, really plot this out. It's (laughs) very... uh, Which is why I'm staying away from XCOM, but continue.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's why I want to play XCOM so badly. Um, (laughs) It's one of those things where I'm I'm realizing that all of my favorite video games have tons in common with pen and paper role-playing games, Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes down to being based on them. But that kind of combat dorkery is so much more fulfilling to me than the uh you know kind of uh final fantasy style and i love final fantasy games but the have all our dudes stand up in a line yeah and just kind of trade hits with one another which sometimes happens in this game like there <clears> are definitely encounters where it's just your guys and the bad guys and you're all occupying the same space and you're just shooting back and forth like there's no cover and there's no you know but even then there's still kind of a, a resource management aspect yeah. which is, is lacking in a lot of RPG systems.
0: And there's also lines of sight and making sure that, uh, you, you know, your dudes aren't in between you and the person you're trying to shoot. Oh yeah. Like, even, even if it is, you know, just a couple of guys in a room shooting each other, you have to make sure that you, you your placement is something you have to consider.
1: Right. And, and you're making choices at that point, like on what perks and stats you have and what weapons you're using. that are going to determine how many shots you get,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, you know, when, how often you have to reload Everything like that. Like this game really informs this kind of you know grand Gary theory of, of game that I, I'm I've you know been thinking about where you know choice is the defining aspect of a game.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, like if you're not if you're not making choices, then it then it's a you know it's a book. And and the degree to which you are making choices and those choices matter are are how much it, you know in the in the narrative game puzzle kind of three way axis. Choice is the most elemental part of game yeah for me and uh, having you know choices that matter as much as possible is something that I, I'm always going to value plenty of choice here so the world has ended.
0: Have a mm-hmm. nice day um as as a result of a uh, thermonuclear war between America and china uh, there's like an annexation of Canada and then China takes Alaska. Uh, there's no oil, uh, dogs and cats living together, boom, 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 <laughs> bombs. Everybody is in uh, shelters or mm-hmm. they're mutated or they have just turned to Mad Max style raiding, uh, you know. But yeah. you play as uh, somebody who lives in one of these shelters, uh, which are called vaults. Uh, you are the vault dweller. Every uh, Fallout game kind of has a, has a name for the no- for the unnamed main character. Mm-hmm. Um, you're the vault dweller in this one. Um and yep. you are sent out from Vault thirteen in order to find a water chip uh to maintain your water supply. Yours has gone bad and people are panicking because
1: you kinda need water. Yep. Yep. And uh, there's a really interesting lore reason why this happens that we'll talk about a little bit uh later. Okay. Um and as you as you leave the vault, you kind of go from settlement to settlement checking out how these things have changed in the in the face of this, you know, post apocalypse post apocalypse. Uh, going on and you can you know help or hinder survivors and uh you, you mostly try to just track down that replacement water chip um you find it in a city called uh necropolis which is formerly bakersfield california
0: oh really and yep i yep, never I, I never got that
1: bit it is a very very obliquely hinted at um in one of the the data disks you can find mm, the okay game. Um, I mean, so you, you had,
0: how can you tell a difference, right? I, 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 <laughs> I, I, I understand that Bakersfield is a shithole. Lots of meth there. Um,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, there's presumably a lot of meth in uh, Necropolis as well. Except they call it um, psycho. <laughs> it, if, if it was if it was Fallout New Vegas, there'd be a mod for it that adds it. I have a smell, brother. <laughs> Put that in the show notes so that makes sense. I guess.
0: <laughs> is there is there a, is, there, is there a, a sex motorcycle?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, isn't that miraculous? Um, <laughs> this is my favorite ex- expression of the human condition, is that some guy was riding a motorcycle, and I was like, what if this motorcycle seat was a vagina? What are you talking about? And then he decided, like, what's the perfect uh, outlet for this idea? Talking over with friends? No. National Novel Writing Month.
0: <laughs> uh, Hey, dude, why are you always zipping up your pants after you get off your hog? You got a uh, pussy on there?
1: Uh, no, Punchy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll put a link in there. Yeah, you gotta put that and, the, and that uh, that, sex marijuana mod from, from New Vegas. Yeah. Like, it just is uh, so, so much goodness coming out of the internet in the last like couple weeks. I,
0: I, I don't want to live on this planet anymore. <laughs> uh.
1: Uh, Anywho. <laughs> Anywho, in uh, Necropolis slash Bakersfield, um, you kind of you know, are presented with a, you know, a moral choice and one of many in the game where you can either just kind of outright steal their water chip um, or you can steal it but also uh, repair their water pump so, so they have both and uh, help them defeat some super mutants who are extorting them by uh, guarding their water pump and stopping them from repairing it. Right. And that kind of becomes very plot important in the second half of the game.
0: Yeah. Um, So when you return with the water chip, you are hailed as a hero, which is pretty nice. But when you follow your report, the overseer is alarmed by how many mutants that you found out there. The population seems to be booming, and he thinks this is the result of somebody manufacturing super mutants. And uh, he fears for the safety of the vault, so he sends you back out to save the day once again. To be and and
1: and rightly so, he is he is correct to be paranoid about that specific uh, scenario. (laughs) As uh, as the you know time may may tell, depending on how you play the game. Right. Um. Yeah. So I, I uh, you know as as we generally try to do, and then uh, you know don't always do when one of us has a significantly more experience with uh with a game that we do. Um, I'm gonna try to let Cole kind of take the lead, <clears throat> and then pepper in kind of responses and trivia and and reactions as as we go. Since this is your first time playing through the game, I know you'd started it a couple times. Is that correct?
0: Yes. Yeah. Um, and my previous my, my, my previous tries, I never got out of the cave. Um,
1: so but not, not reason, necessarily a try. Yes. This is more a, the uh, like a tech demo.
0: Pretty much. Like I'm this addiction. and like, n- exactly. Like, uh, you know, getting into the combat and like, uh, I, don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. But uh, I was motivated it, on, on this try to actually, like, look up how stuff worked. I was like, oh, this is actually really neat. Um, right. Yeah. The,
1: that first, uh, the first cave that you're in um, does not uh, necessarily put the game's best foot forward. No. You know, it's, you're, you're not fighting really interesting enemies. Um, and it really is just kind of a, a tutorial and is entirely, you know, more or less entirely skippable. You, you lose out on some experience points, but you can, you can run from all of these rats if you want to and not lose too much
0: right um (laughs) i'm
1: gonna i'm gonna start with a
0: complaint and and the complaint Mm -hmm. is going to kind of carry through uh throughout the rest of the game and it mostly applies to the series too um this is a gray ass game yeah (laughs) like i i know that shit's all blasted out and stuff but like holy fuck it might as well be monochrome (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is, it is like a, 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 you know, a color uh, appealing color palette is not the strength of, of the series. Yeah. You know, I think New Vegas did a little bit to remedy that mm-hmm. like there's a little bit, you know, kind of more, uh, more bright spots. And I can see that as being something that, you know, might turn people off at the time when this came out. This was the first, uh, you know, video game I had played in a, in a kind of post apocalyptic setting. Yeah. And was not, you know, was kind of expecting that based on based on that setting. Um, but this, this really becomes something you'll notice when you start getting stopped with random encounters and they're all in the same blasted kind of sandscape
0: i like that sanscape um i i mean like i i get it i dig you, you know I, I i i understand why they why they made that choice but it's like their engine can do a lot of really cool stuff even if it's not the infinity engine the graphics are serviceable like this pre-rendered 3d kind of thing the animation tends to be really good i wish there were more mm-hmm. character models um but yes. especially coming off of coming off of Planescape, which is my closest, uh, my closest approximation of this, mm-hmm. like it's, it's, it, it, I was, I was disappointed. Even if I knew what to expect, I was like, uh, this is not yeah. fun to look at. Um, it's,
1: it's, it's in service of the setting. Yep. And you also think about like, uh, Planescape came significantly after this. Yeah. yeah. When you talk about the, the variety yeah. of, of character models, um, what they could have done is, is, you know, if they would have added an area or two that were, you know, very brightly colored, mm-hmm. um, you know, it would have added that much more for contrast. Yes. You know, it would have made the the rest of it, you know, seem bleaker in comparison, and that would have been, you know, a, a lesson to learn. That yeah. the, the series, you know, never really quite does until until New Vegas, and you actually get to the Strip, yes. which is you know is is kind of candy colored and and awesome looking.
0: Or uh, um, or the Oasis, and uh, you know,
1: uh, 3. yeah, yeah, in, in uh in Fallout Three, which is you know nice. Like I don't want that all the time, no, but it would have been. No. Nice. A little bit of trivia. Again, I, I'm going to pepper this throughout. Um, in the original version of this, there, there are design documents for an area called the Burrows. Okay. Which, uh, and you guessed it, inhabited by super intelligent raccoons. <laughs> um, which would have been... I knew it. Uh, which would have probably been that to this game. Yeah. But uh, ultimately, they decided that that was not uh, fitting in with the tone. Yep. Go figure. And, uh, yeah. they actually, there is a reference to it left in the game. There's a data disk you can find in the Glow... Um, that mentions uh experimentation on raccoons and um you know their increasing technolo- uh, intelligence and and two pairs of them escaping mm-hmm. which would have foreshadowed being able to find their settlement. Yeah, oh,
0: yeah, makes sense.
1: But uh that would have been kind of the you know the and you know the the contrast for endless gray wastes.
0: Yes. Yep, I, I mean I I I didn't say it was a reasonable complaint, but still it's there.
1: Uh. No, it's there. <laughs> I mean it, it's fine. There's really no other way to do it. Yeah. You know, it's kind of uh if if that's something that this is a world that you're interested in in being in, mm-hmm. it has to look like this. Yes. And some people just are not going to be interested in that,
2: mm-hmm.
1: which is fine.
0: Yep. So yeah, you you know, you are in this cave. You know, the 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 the, the overseer has talked to you in his and and the creepy limited animation uh, uh, face on face uh, <laughs> kind of like conversation cutscene. Is it claymation?
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, wow. the talking yeah the talking heads are based on uh, claymation. There yeah, which is kind of interesting um, in the game, and only only important NPCs get these uh, those kind of interactions. Most of the time, it's all through all through dialogue, which again, it can be a barrier to entry for people who uh, yeah you know who are not who are used to one hundred percent spoken dialogue.
0: The, uh, the, that, that didn't bother me. I, li- I like reading. The thing that bothered me the thing that bothers me is that your uh, your companions are not voiced.
1: Yes. Yeah. And they, uh, they address that as soon as the second one. Sweet. Everything that sucks about companions in this one, uh, they fix in the second one. Yeah. Again, just one of those parallels where this is similar to fallout three and (laughs) uh, fallout two is similar to New Vegas. Yes. Uh Um,
0: yeah, so after after you get out of there, I think you, you've got um, like one destination. Like you're you're sent out saying like, hey, maybe Vault 15 has your uh, you know has has a water trip that they can spare. Mm-hmm. Um, and on your way there, as you're navigating this grid like over uh, overworld map, uh, you find this little se- settlement uh, directly in your path called uh, Shady Sands, which for some reason is a Middle Eastern village in uh, in, in the middle of Southern California.
1: Just, uh, just, just Raslow is Middle Middle Eastern, and uh, the, the reason why he is uh, Middle Eastern is, um, as you find out later, and again, this is purely optional lore stuff, but the, the vaults are set up not uh, really to save anybody, but instead as social experiments. Yes. And uh, his vault was given a purposely uh, incredibly diverse racial makeup right. to see how people lived in that kind of environment. So he's the only one who has a face. So you assume that the whole village is like that, but mm. uh, you know the, the rest of the villagers just kind of you know the settlement is kind of sprung up. So so he yes. there's kind of an in uh, in game explanation for why he is uh, Middle Eastern.
0: So he was responsible for the decor. I guess it could be American, like American Indian. Um, yeah, it's like so. a,
1: like a adobes. Yes, or uh, you know the mound builders. Yeah. Um, you know, it is, it is that kind of uh, that kind of thing? Yeah. Um,
0: but I mean that, that 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 that's kind of aside from the point. This is your you know it's it's a nice little intro to the to, to the different social things that you can do in the game. Uh, mm-hmm. Very few NPCs that you can interact with, but you know through various means of trickery and you know persuasion, like you can get Ian, who is your first uh, you know your your first companion, uh, mm-hmm. to join you. Um, I did it by having a high enough uh, uh, persuasion. Is that the skill? Speech, yeah, speech, talky. Talk, I had enough talky points that uh, that that I was kind of like, well, I can't pay you because I don't have any caps, but you can
1: take a cut of the loot if you want.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah. It,
1: what's interesting about the, those kind of tests and and a way that this game you know, reveals its pen and paper roots is that uh, the when you when you end up in a dialogue choice where you have an option where one of your stats can matter, it's randomized. So even with very low speech, if you get a lucky roll, um, you can still convince the end to join you for free. Um, and that's kind of an interesting thing that later on, you know, the, the series abandoned right. um, almost entirely in favor of set requirements. So if you have a speech of 50, he will come along. If you have below 50, he will not. Right. And uh, what it leads to is kind of um, you know one of two th- issues in this game that led to me keeping uh, a save game kind of regimen, which has been a long time since I've done that. Like, you know, creating an archive save when I get into a new area and then uh, opening up a new quick save for every time, you know, in that area would have one quick save
2: mm-hmm.
1: that I would use. The other issue being that the game uh, is kind of crashy. So I, I definitely <laughs> uh, had a couple of crash to desktops going on. So that, that was kind of interesting. You're, you're encouraged in, in all of the Fallout games to to save uh, before you talk to any important NPC. Yes, Because it's very easy to offend them or fuck up and, you know, miss out on something potentially very neat hmm
0: yeah most all of my saves are titled before blank and after blank
1: yeah that's a great yeah. way to do it yeah, yeah. Um, Ian is is uh, the way that they do companions in this game um, it took actually some some criticism of the game for me to kind of figure something out um, on our we don't have his comments in here because they are they're long but yes. uh, you should join our Facebook group and see some of the discussion that uh, myself and, and John uh, Solonier, uh, one of our our most stalwart commenters um, have been having about this. And uh, what's interesting about the, the companions, I feel like they're kind of a band-aid until, for this first half of the game. Like, they rapidly become useless about the time we stop playing Right. this time. And they're really just there to provide, like, an extra target and a little bit of extra firepower um, for that first half. And then you get uh, power armor and no longer need anyone. <laughs> you become a one-man walking battle tank. <laughs> um, metal Gear. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, once you once you find your Metal Gear,
0: yes, um,
1: gear that is metal. Aren't Aren't
0: we all the sign on the line that has died? Aren't we all searching for a Metal Gear? Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, so, so it's it's kind of annoying. I mean, I, I didn't find them offensively useless, um, which is which I think is is different from most people i found them like narratively kind of like oh i kind of wanted some buddies to talk to because i'm used to bioware i yes. mean, you know I'm, I'm used to bioware games where that really does matter and you know and you know we can we came off of torment where every npc has their own quest line and yes. to find out that these you know the, the, these guys are basically just just npcs they're just there to fill out your ranks and yep. you know give you more shots against people who are trying to kill you
1: yeah, they're more—they're very disappointing from a narrative standpoint. Um, this is something that improves as the series goes on. Um, the second one has great NPCs, um, you know, that do have quest lines and do have unlocks that can be done through dialogue, and who level up and and everything you'd want from NPCs. But nobody, you know, nobody is that into any of these characters other yeah. than Dog Meat. Yep. It's like when you when you get a dog in a video game, it's automatically the best thing. Yes. Um, Ian is also infamous uh, for shooting you in the back. Yep. <laughs> um, do not give an Ian an Uzi no, or no. anything that's an automatic weapon by any means, because he will kill you <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Ian
0: is going to. <laughs> yeah, Ian, he kind of looks like a, um, a, a douche, but he's he's one of the uh, <laughs> he's got the. Uh, um one of the very limited number of, uh, NPC sprites, yes. uh, to him, which is, which is kind of a bummer. There are like five people that inhabit this world or at least five, yes. uh, at least five,
1: uh, outfits that people can wear. Yes. Um, it's also worth noting how little control you have over him. Yes. Um, you can talk to him and just say, you know, uh, stand closer to me, move further away from me, uh, you know, use your best weapon. And that's more or less it. Um, the secret other like kind of mechanic use for for NPCs, and again, like this doesn't make them any more satisfying in a narrative sense, is as a pack mule. Um, you know, the game does not check for weight when you are bartering, so you can trade all of your you know excess uh, leather armors, and boy, will you collect a lot of leather armors in this game <laughs> um, to one of your your NPCs, and uh, they will lose some action points, but that's it. And then you can freely pickpocket from them yes. and get those things back. So uh, it's useful to have an NPC no matter what, even if they kind of suck.
0: Yes, uh, yeah. I just the, 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 there's there's no situation where it benefits you to not take
1: them, other than when he's shooting you in the back.
0: Yes, but that is,
1: or the... accidentally shooting like a, a neutral faction and starting you know entire town <laughs> slaughter. That was almost um, happened to me in Town. <laughs> so yeah, that that <laughs> happens. That, that
0: that was the only thing. Look, that that was the only area where that came into play, but I had to reload so many fucking times. Yeah,
1: yeah. The game I mean, the game's really built to be kind of uh, save scummed. Yeah, you know, it's not like you're not trying to Iron Man this this shit by any means. And uh, really, the way that I play this game is the same way I play every game um, is to, you know to get the most experience out of it. Um, and that even came down to my choice of what kind of character to play for this playthrough. Like originally, I wanted to do a non lethal run. Um, so we could contrast those those things. But I realized that I'm getting a lot less of the game because unlike the second one, it's not – there are a lot of things that you – that are optional that you can just choose not to do um, and do the non-lethal solution. But you can't be entirely non-lethal in this game. So the uh, – uh, I mean you can, but you're not, you can't do that and do everything. So I did um, – you know, my, my, my character is you know my high speech, small guns lockpick as is, is, is usual – Mm -hmm. And, uh, just to get everything out of it. And it's the same reason why if something went wrong, you know, rather than rolling with it, I would, I would reload because I wanted to see what else can happen. It's not that interesting if all the NPCs kill each other in junk town and cut off this whole, you know, pretty neat area. Mm -hmm. It's much more interesting, you know, to see what happens as you continue that storyline.
0: Yes. Uh, so we both played the same kind of character, (laughs) although I, I have been putting points into gambling. Um,
1: interesting. Yeah. That, that, that can serve you well.
0: Yeah, it has very well.
1: <laughs> so, um, the, uh, one of the you know again, just something I love in this game, uh, currency is bottle caps. Yep. Um, does it make sense? No, there aren't I, even that many glass bottles around like now.
0: Actually, um, it, ki- it kind of does to me.
1: Well, I mean, it makes it makes a sense because you pick some kind of rare thing, mm-hmm. you know. But the amount of bottle caps that are around seem unrealistic to the fact of. I mean, I guess in the fifties. There were more bottles of soda and mm-hmm. fewer cans. Yes, so I guess that that makes it makes a sense. Um, if I recall, the shitty Brotherhood of Steel, or maybe it's in the 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 good Fallout Tactics one, uh, uses ring ring tabs, like ring pulls from cans hmm. as a, as a currency. If I recall, one of them does that. Right. Um, so it does make a, a kind of sense, but it's a, an amazing touch. And then they switch it to gold in Fallout Two, which is a baffling decision. What? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Which they they immediately switch back and, and you know, uh, everyone is on record of being very repentant about that.
0: Nice. That is, uh, that, that, that is wise of them to, uh, to be sorry. Yes. Uh, you, <laughs> you are bad and you should feel bad. <laughs> um, so, right. so yeah, that's a, uh, huh. Wow. Interesting, interesting choice. Hmm? um so 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 yeah the kind of you know being the character that i was um you know right at the front gate you're talking to people and you find out like hey what's going on here and they say there are raiders and we have scorpions coming after us um i went to the raiders first and got summarily just smacked down um and this actually led to me re-rolling my character because I, f- I forget what I chose. I chose fast shot as one of the uh as one of my perks mm. or traits. I, f- I forget I forget the nomenclature.
1: The trait? Yes. You start trait. out with traits and then you uh gain perks.
0: Yes. Um I chose fast shot as a as as a trait um which takes away your ability to target Mhm. to like to do like to do an aimed shot.
1: Yeah, like a cold shot.
0: Yeah, yeah. And um with the, with the way that things shook out, it was like okay, I can do a regular shot and walk, you know, a couple of, you know, squares, woohoo, or I can do an aim shot for a couple more AP and have a chance to like kill people in one shot. Right. And and I, and I kept on reading these things, um, saying like, shoot for the eyes, shoot for the eyes. Like how the fuck do I shoot for the eyes? Oh, you can't do it. If you have this trait because it takes that away.
1: So it's not actually, it's not a bad trait. You just have to, you're, there's a build for it. That's really good. Like there are some very low AP weapons that you can get later in the game mm -hmm. where it kind of makes up for it. You're shooting, you know, five times in a round. And, and you, you know end up doing enough damage to make up the difference. But I like being able to, to aim shots. Not least of which because I've beaten Fallout 1 and 2 entirely punching everyone in the world in the groin until they die. <laughs> <Like> I, <I've, laughs> like you can literally beat this game totally successful punching everyone in the balls until they're dead. And it is a viable way to beat the game.
0: Cock punching. Um, cock punching they, never <laughs> changes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes they go, my groin when they fall over and it's excellent it's so sad is that a simpsons reference yeah there's there's we will i mean i'm sure we'll talk about it but there are nothing but like awesome fall or uh pop culture references in this game i'm sure you noticed that the in the intro movie which is great by the way we didn't talk about that um they the the brand of tv is a radiation king yep i I noticed that yeah yeah i mean nothing but follow you know kind of pop culture references which they only increased more of in, in two but uh yeah yeah
0: Oh man, that uh, in, in, increased respect. Not that I not that I was lacking before. Um, yeah, so I went to the Raiders, and uh, I was I was really outnumbered, even with Ian. So eh, okay, I'm going to try the Rad Scorpions, which uh, again, not really leading with its best feet, because you're walking into this big gray, boring place with the with one kind of enemy that will poison you.
1: Yes. Yeah. Um, there is a, a, a puzzle-solving kind of smarter way to handle this, um, but you need to change the sequence a little bit. Um, the entrance to the cavern for the, the rad scorpions is uh, is brittle, and if you go to Vault 15 first, um, you can find dynamite there, and you can seal the rad scorpion uh, scorpion caves without ever setting foot in them. That's what the dynamite get- is for. Yes. Well, among, I mean, there are other uses for it as well. You can blow open doors. You can plant it on people while it's ticking and uh, assassinate people without, you know, causing alarm. Um, but it is the... <laughs> Except
0: for the alarm that somebody <laughs> well, <laughs> just
1: blew up. Without anyone thinking it's you. They just think that okay. he's the drummer from Smile Tap, and, <laughs> and, and that's just what happens. All of a sudden, it's a green puddle. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there's kind of a puzzle-solving way. But it's one of the first... Um, interactions in the game where there are multiple solutions to it which is which is pretty neat um you know the game would later take this in in kind of further but uh right off the bat you know i remember that being really impressive to me when i figured that out and uh you very easily could miss it if you just look at the entrance it says something about it being you know brittle or collapsible but uh you know if you don't take the time to actually look at the scenery um, then you know you never know.
0: By this point, I hadn't learned that habit to mm-hmm. you know to just always mouse around with uh, with the look cursor up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So you know, like yeah. that. But uh, you know, if this, if you're fighting a cave full of critters. It kind of like it's it's disappointing because it feels like a regular RPG quest. Um, yeah, yeah. Kill know. ten of
1: of these things or Kill- what have
0: kill 10 of things to kill 10 of thing to save village, grab thing from thing you kill, take back, you know, make into nice item.
1: Yes. Yeah. Um, which, which will very rarely be actually be useful. The anti-venom yeah. that's created from, uh, from this. But, uh, again, there's, there's a kind of different ways to do it again, but you're right. It's not, uh, not the game's best foot forward. Yeah. I think, um, and again, so, I mean, and I love this game, but, uh, vault 15 is no real great shakes either. Like, I like that it's been overrun. I like this ominous feeling that you have this totally working vault yeah. and there is one that is just totally wrecked. Yes. You know, and has been, uh, you know, overrun by mole rats and rats and, uh, you know, is, is totally abandoned. Like, that's a nice touch. Yeah. But it is, it is really just kind of a dungeon.
0: Yeah. And the, the whole rope thing, I didn't, I mean, I didn't really get either. It, it was difficult for me. Like just, I, again, like at this point, just like looking around, you know, I hadn't learned this game's vocabulary yet. So yeah.
1: there there are adventure game elements to it. So like that always keeping rope with you and using that to get into certain areas is a very adventure game, yeah. like uh like trope for me. And same thing with the using the dynamite. Like there are some problems you solve in that kind of manner you know, so dialogue, kind of environmental puzzle, or or combat, are usually the the three. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so you need you need to have picked up a rope when you were in Shady Sands in order to to get into the vault. Luckily, they're close enough together. Where if you get there and you're unable to descend, um, you know, it's not too big of a trip to go back to Shady Sands.
0: Yeah. Um, also, I didn't. I hadn't learned to uh, to raid people's bookshelves at that mm-hmm. point. So it's yes. kind of like, well, I get in trouble. Well, no, only the one. But if you do that one first, it makes you think, oh, everybody's going to get pissed at me if I
1: take. And some off. some people will. Um, that's actually I think that's a role. I think that there's a, a perception role that the NPC is making. Oh, really? Yes. Huh. So it's always worth trying, but uh, it doesn't it doesn't always work. Um, you you want you really want to read every every shelf you can because of the games. Really, you know, I got to get, you know, I love it uh economy yeah system is just really clever and was very mind-blowing to me when i first played this uh, which is essentially that everyone uh it's a there's a barter system
2: mm-hmm.
1: in the game we talked about caps as the currency but really almost everyone you run into you can trade for because everyone has stuff on them and wants things and everything kind of has a set value so you can say like hey i picked up these flares on my way out of the vault you know, I'm never going to use these things. Yeah. Give me, you know, a couple, uh, stim packs. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's, that's awesome. Like the economy in this game is, is that's really, really cool.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's especially like, it's almost one of those things that you have to think and make an effort to participate in because mm-hmm. they're like, there are established merchants. Yes. But anybody you can talk to, you can barter with.
1: Right. Yeah. And it comes up, I mean, just in the interface, the conversation interface, there's the button there. Yeah. Kind of interestingly, there's also the next to that. There's a "Tell Me About" button. Yeah, what the fuck is up with that? It's it's very it's a very poorly implemented feature in the game. Like uh, several people have options for that. So kind of similar to like an Ultima game, um, you can just you know tell me you can click the "Tell Me About" and then actually type in something for the NPC to respond to. Mm -hmm. And there's actually a lot of content there, um, but it's all flavor text. So almost every talking head in the game will have something to say about the major things in the game. But it's not done through the dialogue trees. It's done through this tell me about an option. Right. Um, so they kind of hide it, which is frustrating. And it's full, you know, a lot of it's fully voiced. And some of it's For very fucking real. Thought, oh, yeah. God. Don't hide yeah. your
0: light under a bushel, guys.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's I mean, they they and so many people. So uh, Chris Avalone. Avalone, my, you know, my favorite game developer of all time, um, in the wake of... He worked on this game, but he worked more on Fallout 2. Um, did a thing called the Fallout Bible, which was this long-running Q&A uh, thing that got collected as a series of PDFs, um, which is where I know a lot of the kind of trivia for this game. And he included all of the things you can ask all of the talking heads about. Um, so that's pretty easy to find online if you're ever interested in just kind of going through and getting a lot of uh, interesting superfluous dialogue.
0: I believe that it comes for free with the GOG version, actually. Yeah.
1: yeah, yep, a huge PDF of the whole thing, which it's it's really interesting reading, um, if if you're at all into it. And that's how I learned about the burrows. And uh, Fallout Two has even a more you know really interesting cut content from it. Um, hmm. That uh, you know, there's a fan patch that puts a lot of that stuff back in, which I would recommend.
0: Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So so that kind of bugs me. Like if if it was a matter of just like learning vocabulary words, kind of like a. Um Gabriel Knight.
1: Yeah. That would have worked a lot better for me. Two or something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so, and so that, that, that bugged me because like I would try, it would be like, okay, type in Rad scorpions. I don't know anything about that. I, mm-hmm. I like when I was talking to, uh, to Eric Hesher or whatever his name was, um, mm-hmm. like tell me about Tandy. I was like, uh, no, nothing. Okay. Well, you don't know about <laughs> your daughter. Great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> fan, fan, fantastic. Um, and speaking of Tandy, like it's, 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 it's weird because it's, it's optional to talk to her, but, um, this is my spring point. The voice acting in this game is fucking amazing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's really, really good. Um, I want to really quick before we go into that though, I want to blow if. your mind with something. Okay. Um, did you ever get to the, the farm section of Shady Sh- Sands, like the second area to the right? Yes. There's almost nothing there. Yeah. There's one person who's a farmer who, when you talk to him, he will talk to you a little bit about his farming techniques. If you go into the ask me about and put it in crop rotation you teach him about crop rotation. If you have enough intelligence and get what? experience for it. <laughs> yep. that is fucking crazy. Yep. And it, there's no, you know, there's no dialogue option. You have to actually go into the, tell me about, uh, to do it. But, uh, God. yeah, just as a, a neat, like you have to figure out as a player that like, you know, Oh, they're, you know, they're going to, to rob the soil of all its nutrients. Yeah. If they don't try this thing.
0: <laughs> have you ever heard of the dust bowl?
1: Um. Yeah. <laughs> you need to watch a little show called carnival my friend <laughs> oh um, you mean
0: that thing that's happening right now
1: because there's no <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah that's true yeah carnival 2099 yeah um but yeah the, the voice acting in this game is uniformly amazing yes um and and that mostly stays true throughout the series i think yeah i um, haven't i haven't heard
0: a bad one yet like tandy was the first one that stuck out to me uh tony Shaloub is the as the shady sands guy eh, take or leave but yeah um, but, but yeah, no, this it's, it's really good. And, you yeah. know, it's a shame that there isn't more of it, but I really, really like what is there.
1: Mm-hmm. So um, our old friend, Tony J makes an appearance later on, later on the, yeah, the, the boss of uh, torment. And uh, there's a couple of celebrity cameos, um, the, uh, which I'll, I'll point out when we get there nice or, or interesting voices. Um, did you, so it makes it, I'm looking at the outline that you wrote. Did you do the uh, storyline related thing uh, with the Raiders? With that the... can happen after this.
0: Yes, yes. That was actually the last thing I did uh, last night, actually. Okay. Yes.
1: Um, so you went uh, back to Shady Sands and had uh, Tandy kidnapped? Yes. Okay. Um, that can happen after, depending on how much time has gone by. Um, that can happen right after you visit Vault 15. Really? Um, yes. Yep. And it, the time is an interesting thing. So you have in your Pip-Boy, which is kind of like your your PDA or pocket secretary, <laughs> in Shadowrun terms. Um, yeah. And it's kind of interesting in, in the lore, if you're more familiar with Fallout 3, because you're using a Pip-Boy 2000, which is more like a PDA, as opposed to the Pip-Boy 3000, which we all know and love as the wrist-mounted uh, version in, in the game. But in the, the Pip-Boy 2000, you have a little like to-do note that's like how many days of water the vault has. Yes. Uh, so time actually does play a, a, a factor in this. A lot of it was actually patched out. Yeah. Um, a second time limit Which I'm pretty much okay with Because it's a really easy way to fuck yourself over mm-hmm. um, But it was An interesting idea um, So in this, if enough time has gone by uh, When you come back to Shady Sands Tandy has been kidnapped And how how did you handle that Issue? Um,
0: in, in general, if I'm playing A conversation-heavy uh, game I pick the most ridiculous one first Okay um, <laughs> So, so I go in and I talk to Guar or whatever his name is. Mm-hmm. Um and they're they're not immediately hostile, which it kinda of makes sense. Um mm-hmm. like I found out where like where she was when I when I was talking to one of the guards outside, I was like, Hey, you know, looking for somebody, uh six foot tall, blonde hair, you know, et cetera, et cetera, like <laughs> I don't I don't know nothing. Like, oh gee, it's you know, really kind of bad because you know I found out there's like a bounty on her and like I really need to find her it's kind of like oh now you're speaking my language right talking about bounties and things like that and like oh boy you know be sure to tell our leader about it you know we need to get our cut like okay it's like yeah so she's yeah you can trick them yeah (laughs) (laughs) which is which is neat that's that's like a nice touch Uh, just kind of like oh I I know I know what they want I know what motivates them I'm inside their head Um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, but I went and I talked to uh, to Guar or whatever his name is Garl? Yeah. There he is. Um, And uh, the first conversation option for me, I don't know if it's because my intelligence was high or because my speech was high. um, It was like, you know, it's kind of like, hey, I'm here to get her back. Well, why should we? And I think my my, my response to him was something along the lines of, I will come after you with a power that you cannot possibly fathom Mm -hmm. or something like that. Yes.
1: Yes, it is a singularly badass line Exactly
0: um, and, and his response is also badass He says, I'm not sure why, but I believe you So I'm yeah. going to let
2: her go <laughs> But from my, from my back <laughs> yeah.
0: From my sex slave harem uh, which there is... are
1: um, a couple like ways you can handle this is one of the the very first like situation in the game and you ran into it later in the game but the first one you can run into where you can do things a lot of different ways so it's totally viable to sneak in here at night and unlock Tandy's cell and just get her out under the cover of darkness um, you can also if you're wearing the leather jacket which you should be at this point
2: mm-hmm.
1: not only because it makes you look like uh, mad max <laughs> but also because it's the best armor you found at the time Um, and this is kind of strange, but Garl will think that he doesn't know his dad and he will possibly mistake you for his father. Oh, okay. And you can, you can, if you, you know, he says something like, you know, like dad or something like that, and (laughs) you can roll with it and you can be like, yes, you know, I am. And if, you know, if you make your roles in that as his father, you can convince him to let Tandy go. You can also convince him to do a one-on-one duel, an unarmed like fist fight for her as opposed to just killing everybody. (laughs) <laughs> um, which is, you know, again, just
0: awesome. So it's you know? either <laughs> daddy's back from getting cigarettes and <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> or it's, you know, let's, you know, let let's do a cage match.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. What, uh, there's, a, he has a couple other slaves, which like I always free Tandy in the early game, but then come back when I have some more firepower and clear this, you know, uh, hive of scum and villainy out. And, yeah. and free the two slave girls. <laughs> yeah. They have some nice gear on them too. If you uh, if you take them out now, um, which is possible, it's very difficult, but you can do it by kind of aggroing you know lone uh, raiders.
0: Yeah, they're, they're are, of, there are tents that have just one or two outside of the main house.
1: Yeah, so if you can, if you can fight one at a time or get them in a choke point, like you can get them in a doorway pretty easily. And uh, you know, aim for the eyes. Always aim for the eyes. Mm-hmm. And if you get enough, uh, you know, hits in that way, you can you can more or less win this with just the two people. But it's it's pretty difficult. Yeah. It might take couple tries.
0: I just I just rather talk my way out of it. Although oh, it, totally. did, it it does like you know, combat has a great perk in that it it supplies itself. Like you get stim packs and things like that as mm-hmm. as loot. So things that you wouldn't really need if you weren't fighting, you don't get. But if you do fight, you do get them.
1: Right. And the game doesn't quite uh, do that. You know, it is possible to get through the game without fighting uh, entirely, but it is kind of difficult. And there are a couple fights where you, you more or less have to do that. And you'll, yeah. you're, you're going to need money to get equipment for that stuff. So it makes a kind of sense. Like doing a balance is fine where you, yeah. you get into some fights and, and get some loot to resell and then also, uh, you know, avoid some fights entirely. Um, this one, you know, I, kind of play, I think it was will, um, our friend will, who does the backlog killer, um, says he likes to play these as, uh, the man with no, no name more or less, and just clean up the West, (laughs) you know, um, like just, you know, go out and just, uh, you know, do some frontier justice. And, uh, that's, that's a good way, you know, doing good for people and being nice to everyone will get you the most out of this game. Yeah. Even though other options are totally viable, you can, at this point, kill everyone in shady sands and you will be fine.
0: I always play these games as a gunslinger. Yeah, from uh, from Dark Tower. So, mm-hmm. yep, yep.
1: so after after uh, you know you deal with the raiders, you go to the you know the first kind of major city in the game. that You deal with is uh, Junktown, and uh, this is the first kind of celebrity cameo. The, uh, the voice of Killian is Richard Dean Anderson. I recognize that name. What is who, who, who is she he? Is MacGyver? Oh shit! Really? Yep.
0: Wow. Nito, uh, not as resourceful as uh, MacGyver in the, in in this case, because he is in uh, in a stalemate. Um, kind of actually, it's 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 neat. It's like a Wild West kind of thing with the with the <laughs> saloon casino owner who's crooked and he's taking stuff over and all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know his name's Gizmo. He's a he's a big old he's a big old dude. He got the obesity bees. Um, and he's <laughs> he sends an assassin over to uh, take out Killian, who's the law around these parts.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, both uh, you, both great voice actors as well. Yes, I like Killian and, and Gizmo quite a bit. Um, it makes a kind of sense to get on Killian's good side as he is not only the mayor but he also runs the store. Yes, which is a little odd. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, um, it's, it's kind of you can have some fun interactions with him that are kind of playful and negative when you first run into him. Like if you give him some lip, uh, he can put you in jail for a day. Yeah, kind of right off the bat, and uh, you kind of pay a fine to get out. Um, you know, he has some frontier justice, but most people will probably help kill the assassin. And uh this opens uh, you know, one of the big quest uh, you know, choice related good versus evil quest lines of the game which is, you know, he wants you to get evidence. You know, he's got this this uh, you know, he's he's lawful good. Like he needs to to have a reason he can't just he knows Gizmo's corrupt, but he needs proof. So he gives you a couple of different options for getting that proof.
0: <laughs> As if like, I got a message for you from Gizmo. Blam 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 is not enough proof. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yep. Yeah, he needs more concrete evidence <laughs> yeah. because otherwise mm, we'll, yeah. we'll 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 try him. The yeah. internal affairs, which is just you know just like one of the guy one of the nameless guards, I guess. I don't.
0: <laughs> you know, Killian's a loose cannon, but he gets results. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you standing? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, McGarnagle, but uh, see, see, it? I brought it back. No, yeah. uh, I really liked this quest, like a lot. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's really fun. Like, There's a lot of... like uh, Something we didn't talk about very much is that a lot of the dialogue is really funny. Like, the same way that... Uh, you know One of the things that um, Tim Schafer, you know has famously said about Monkey Island is that like, having the, the dialogue choices that all led to the same thing meant an opportunity whenever you have a dialogue interaction to tell four jokes. Yeah. And this game doesn't do that quite, but in most interactions, there's kind of a funny, jokey option. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so when you go to uh, a gizmo... Um, you know, you can either plant a bug in his desk for you know he'll plant uh, pl- plot later to uh, to kill Killian, or you can record him offering you the job. Yeah, and there's some fun stuff in there. Like you can you know ask him to repeat himself into your lapel and, and stuff like that, <laughs> which it results in you getting caught. But it's still like pretty fun. You know, it's still pretty fun to do.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Wait. So you have to plant the bug in his uh, in his desk.
1: I think so. I was. Oh. I I always do the uh, the the wire okay so yeah I was I was
0: unclear because I thought the bug w- went to the tape went went to the tape recorder so when I was there I, I, I put the bug on his on his bookshelf and then I went up and talked to him so I guess hmm. I didn't have to put the bug on his bookshelf
1: no you, you just kind of got double evidence oh cool yes
0: yeah but uh, it, it leads to kind of a fun little like one of those stalemate you know a bunch of guys in a room fights, uh, between mm. you and, uh, I had Tycho with me in, in, in this instance, which mm-hmm. really helped. Uh, but you know, between him and his bodyguard, which is kind of neat because he's stationary. And when you kill him, he just kind of like slumps over his desk. Like he, you know, got shot in a car in grand theft auto. Um, he's one of <laughs> very few
1: unique sprites. Yes. In the game. Um, what's kind of interesting too, is that if you want at this point, you know, go get hired by gizmo, you can just be hired by gizmo. At this point, like if you want to, you can say, yeah, I'll kill Killian.
0: Yeah.
1: And then go do it if you want.
0: Does that pan out?
1: um, You lose like Killian no longer sells stuff, but you can rob everything from his store. Oh, yeah. Like you can do it. Like you go, you go kill Killian, you go kill the guards, which there's maybe like six of them. It's not too bad. And uh, it works out, you know, just fine for you. Like you get a lot of money and you get a lot of equipment that you can steal from Killian. It's, you know, it's the evil option, but it, it works. Right. You also don't have to go along to this fight. Like this this guy's in a room fight, like Killian says, Hey, do you want in on the action? Like I'll throw yeah. something in for you if you come with. Yeah. I could use an extra gun. And there's a very similar thing that happens later in the hub. Um, so if you're not rolling for combat, you can be like, Nope, and just let them take care <laughs> of it. And then and they go do it and you can just go get the loot later.
0: Yeah. That was how I got my uh, that was how I got my doctor's kit was oh, that, yeah. that was one of the rewards. So mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that that's pretty cool. But that's not everything that you can do in in Junktown because Gizmo is like only one of the bad elements there. There's also mm-hmm. this gang.
1: What's the gang called? I forget. It's like, like the, the skulls. The, the skulls. S K U L Z. Yes. All of the 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 the, the uh, when you know when Fallout Three came out and everyone was like tunnel snakes. <laughs> like, like but yeah, there's a rich Fallout tradition yeah. of ridiculous 50s style uh, you know gang names. Yeah. Pecan Sandies.
0: <laughs> it's a uh, sex thing. Um
1: yeah. but, uh, <laughs> um, but uh... Yeah. The like
0: talking to the game members is kind of funny because they very much got like a like like a poor man's rebel rebel without a cause kind of thing happening. Yes. Like, you know, like, "Oh, Gizmo don't know shit. We're the real people who run this town. We're fighting for the good of the people.
1: You don't get it, man." Yeah. They're really just colossal assholes yeah. other than like the girl who I can't remember her name, but Kind of guards the entrance to the back room. Yes. And you can uh, talk her out of being a gang member if you want to. It's not officially a quest, but if you'd like, you can tell her, like, what are you doing? You know, do something better with your life. You're obviously smart. This is kind of like a fun little pretty
2: woman-esque
1: thing. This quest is kind of notoriously easy to break. Um, dealing with that gang, um, it looks like from the notes that you did it the correct way. Yeah. Um, the incorrect way is going and killing every gang member on your own. <laughs> so that will this will forever be on my quest log because I just uh, I did not do the the whole bit with the and I just went and killed them all.
0: Yeah, I, I, like I, like I talked to him. I, I was just, I was just following it through because again, like you, I'm I'm sniff, you know sniffing out content. Um, mm-hmm. and and because because I'd gone to the bar and seen everything, I liked I liked the guy. What's his name? Neil. NEAL, mm-hmm. yeah. I like i liked Neil, you know, like the, the little things that happen in that bar. I'm not a fan of like a bunch of people in an RPG go to a bar and shit goes down and there's a fight because that's how like the majority of my uh, D campaigns went. It was yeah, like, you mean, you mean the
1: tavern, man. Yeah. That's what happens. Whoa. It also happened all the time in Shadowrun when we were playing Shadowrun. Yeah, it's true.
0: Yeah. Tons As of I, fights in bars. I do recall. Um, I wish I didn't, but I did. Um, but, um, but yeah, so, you know, you get that little bit of flavor text and, and I forget what the, what the, uh, guy, the, the skulls dude says, but it's kind of like, oh, we're going after Neil. Cause he's harsh and armello or whatever.
1: Well, he, and, uh, when you first go into the bar, um, somebody starts like hits a waitress and knocks her down yes. and Neil shoots the guy with a shotgun.
0: So he immediately ingratiates herself, you know, <laughs> like don't hit yes. women,
1: you fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So siding with the skulls is not the best possible thing to do but they want revenge for that yeah. They they killed uh he, he fought back against one of the gang members
0: yeah so I, I i stole the urn gave it to them and they're like oh we're gonna go get them and then i went to the when, and then i went to the law and said yep this is gonna happen and then it was another one of those a bunch of guys in a room shootouts uh mm-hmm. which was which was neat because i guess if, you know i imagine if i tried to take them on myself it would be a real kind of bummer but because i had six policemen on my side in that bar and it, it definitely makes fine. it easier yeah
1: um, you said that you got Tycho, which is good, like the uh, second best NPC in the game. Did you get dog meat? Yes. Well, like, is,
0: like it's not optional to get dog meat, is it? Because, like, when you're walking through Junktown, he just comes up to you and follows you.
1: It, he comes up to you because you're dressed like his former owner. Oh, really? So, yes. So if you, at that point you'd gotten leather armor, which you very easily could have, and you're wearing that, you do not get him <laughs> unless you give him an iguana on a stick. Okay. If you give him an iguana on a stick, then he will join you. Or if you're dressed up as Mad Max. But when you talk to people and the thing they talk about this dog, like this guy who you know they describe Mad Max that's... rolled through town with a dog, and the dog won't leave, and he's just terrorizing some poor guy. Oh, really? So you can you trick you trick dog me into thinking you're his former owner.
0: <laughs> but but he doesn't stick around when I change into combat armor. So.
1: Hmm. Oh yeah, no, no. He, no, like, no just, I, I guess that that's right. what I mean. He
0: sticks around when I change into combat armor. So yeah, yeah. He, he
1: imprints himself to you
0: yes um,
1: <laughs> man for as common as leather armor is in this game like ev-
0: like everybody assigns a lot of significance to it yeah
1: <laughs> like why isn't every second npc like is is just constantly like yeah. <laughs> exactly well there go a few of my dad's walking through the uh walking why? through the wasteland why is everybody in this bar my dad <laughs> yeah and, and the dog is just like running around in circles looking waiting for the right person to follow <laughs> Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, that's that's
0: stupid but yeah dog meat is cool i like him he's got really he's got a lot of movement range and he attacks a lot of times in, like and he in a has a
1: really high knockdown percentage yeah which is was it which is excellent because you're it makes the enemy use movement points to get up yes um which is really good did you do there's two really awesome things that i thought maybe you might have missed in this town so did you go up to the uh the boxing match
0: I did, oh. but but, like, but I, I talked to the guy, and I got a little bit of his text. i like, okay, I'll come back later. I'm not rolled for hand-to-hand. Um, and mm-hmm. then I w- when, when I went back, like, there was some kind of bug, and that quest was lost forever. Like, I, couldn't, I couldn't talk to Saul anymore.
1: So the, uh, uh, so one thing, you know about waiting in the game? Yes. like You know how to use your— Okay, because that's essential. And one of the big flaws in this game is when you do wait till morning, it does 6 a.m. instead of 8 a.m. So you always have to do wait till morning plus two hours. Right. Anywho, if you go to him, and you can say you can bet on a, a boxing match— Um, I didn't actually box in there, and I can't remember if you can or not. What you can do is bet on them, and depending on which one it is, sometimes it's him boxing against a normal guy, but sometimes it's him boxing against a rad scorpion. And it's hilarious. (laughs) Like, It's really comical to watch this man box with a red scorpion for a little bit. And, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's real
0: funny. It's like Teddy Roosevelt going up against the right.
1: Exactly. Gentleman, Jim, um, <laughs> The other thing is, did you have very much interaction with Doc Morbid? Did you find out Doc Morbid's sinister secret? Yes,
0: yes, I did. Okay. Um, that was really cool. I for, for some reason I didn't have it in my notebook, uh, but yeah, that's that's cool because it's called Doc Morbid. Like what? <laughs> something's going to be wrong. He's kind of a jerk, you know. I know plenty of
1: doctors who are jerks. That's that's running, but none of them are named Morbid. Yeah, yeah. It could just be unfortunate, but in this case, it is not. Yeah. Um, the, the doctor for this town uh, is harvesting body parts from people and selling them as food to a guy named Iguana Bob, <laughs> who you, you run into later. And you can, and, extort, uh, you, you can extort him later yes, on. <laughs> which is awesome. Yeah. Um, and you get tons of great dialogue options when you're doing that. Um. My God, it's made of people. <laughs> um, if you end up down – so it's hard to do this, but if you end up down in Doc Morbid's like – Sinister, you know, mutilation bunker.
0: Yeah. Um, he will <laughs> Elijah a, Wood and Sin City basement.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. He will enter into a dialogue with you where if you don't initiate combat, he will remove one of your eyes um, and then attempt to sell it as, as, as food. Does that um, reduce your accuracy? It gives you the crippled eye condition. So oh. you have to go to another doctor to fix it. to Um, replace your eye. He just kind of talks to you. He's like, oh, you're in bad shape and kind of leads you into this thing. And you're like, well, actually I'm feeling fine. He's like, no, 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 Get on the table. You're not feeling good. (laughs) And then eventually removes one of your eyes. Um, or you can at any point break off and and start fighting him at that point. But it's not, it's one of those like awesome little details in this game where it's not a quest. Mm -hmm. It's not, you know, no one says like investigate what's happening with doc morbid. Yeah. You just see some guy named doc morbid, figure out something's up and ends up being this totally optional, neat, little bit of content
0: yeah i i mean like i did like nobody, nobody talked about anything
1: it was just kind of like i'm in here oh i wonder where this trap door goes you know mm-hmm. <laughs> like well, he's got this little demented like uh mentally handicapped midget yes who's working for him you know midget is
0: not the preferred nomenclature dude.
1: little 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 person yes he has a retarded little person, <laughs> <has a> retarded <laughs> person. um <laughs> i can only get one of them right at a time Cole. <laughs> it's like
0: when i learned how to make wine i forgot how to drive um, <laughs> but um, but yeah that's uh he's got like it's like tattoo from fantasy island
1: yeah like a sinister tattoo um <laughs> Speaking of Planescape, the uh so so that's a fun little bit
0: yeah um I liked the bit in the uh in the inn um mm-hmm. with, with with Cynthia, which is another uh another kind of optional thing because he's going to stay in an inn, you can just you know rest or wait or something like mm-hmm. that but uh there's a there's a prostitute with a heart of gold in one room, you rest and you wake up in the middle of the night, and uh, there's a crazy man like holding a knife to her throat, and you have to talk you have to talk him down.
1: Mm-hmm. You can also initiate combat and if you get a, a headshot or an eye shot, you can do the, you know, the badass, like shoot over her shoulder Oh yeah, and and kill him. But yeah, it's, it's mostly, you know, it's meant to be done through kind of a, a hostage negotiation
0: mm-hmm.
1: kind of thing, which is really, if you have, you know, if you have good enough speech, it's really satisfying Yeah, to do so. <laughs> because
0: it's kind of like, come on, you don't really want to do this to you? you. Yeah, know, we you can know. talk. And I think, I, I think I got him to leave. Like he asked for 2000 caps. And I was like, no, you're not going to get that, but I'll let you go. You know? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's too much, you know, you can just walk away. And he does it. Or, you know, if you fail that role, he uh he shoots her. Yep. And uh which you had to live with. <laughs>
0: um
1: which is unfortunate. Yeah. But either way, I'm pretty sure, you know, it completes the the kind of the little bit. Um I think that's just about everything in, in Junk Town. Something that's interesting, um, again, just kind of cut content. So uh at the end of the game, and we'll talk about this more, you get an ending for each area you you did. And depending on your actions, they have different endings. Um, In Junktown, you get a good ending if you side with Killian and a bad ending if you side with Gizmo. In the original, the way the game was conceived, it was the opposite. So it was supposed to be that if you sided with Killian, though immediately he seems good, he kind of takes too much control and uh, hinders civil liberties. And uh, Junktown stagnates because of that. Whereas if you side with Gizmo, that was secretly the good thing to do because it becomes this kind of like gambling mecca and is really prosperous. Right. But the, the publishers uh, nix that. They did not want that kind of moral ambiguity ambiguity in the right. game, which is unfortunate because that would have been cool.
0: Yeah, like, and, and, that, and that kind of runs counter to, like, what these games are at their best.
1: Right. Which, yeah. Right. It just kind of shows a little bit of a growing pain. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, when you do something, you know, first, it's hard to do it best.
0: And then also, you know, this, uh, the, the, the same old complaint. They, 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 uh, they, they nix that, but you can, like, literally blow chunks out of people. <laughs>
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah. They, have, they have a problem with that. But you can go and kill everyone in the world by punching them in the balls. <laughs>
0: so so can, can, can you take a
1: chunk out of somebody
0: by punching them in the balls really, really hard?
1: I don't I can't remember what the critical hit animation is for <laughs> punching in the balls. I'm sure there is one, though, because there's a there's a lot of critical hit animations. Yeah, um, the game for being, you know, having these kind of low res sprite based graphics is really gory. Oh, yeah. Um, those those critical, critical hit things are pretty great. And they get, they get really fun as you get heavy weapons and uh, energy weapons later on as well.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to energy weapons a little bit down the line. I'm, I'm, I'm prepping my character for that because that's what mm-hmm. before I play said. So
1: Yeah. Because, I mean, you start running into them later, which is, makes total sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so next up after you leave Junk Town, one of the things that you know, we have this overlay map, it's important to talk to people and ask them where things are. Yes. So you're still just kind of investigating at this point, if you ask about water chips, a lot of people will be like, well, I don't know about a water chip, but there's water merchants Mm -hmm. down at the hub and anything having to do with water. These guys are probably going to be, you know, the experts. Um, So you can get the hub on your map. And and that's the usually the next area to go to.
0: And like you can stumble across these things like that's what happened. You know, that's what happens with Shady Sands. And that's a nice little like learning moment. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of like, oh, I'm headed to this one place, but there's something in the middle there. But like this is a gigantic map and
1: random encounters are fairly common. Yes. Um, It's important to save before you leave anywhere.
0: Oh, God. Yes.
1: Um, And there are a couple areas where um, if you're going through a dangerous area um, or specifically later with the glow, um, you want to you can click on anywhere in the map and you can just go there. And it's probably just a barren wasteland um, and you can save it within that map. And then, you know, so you can kind of move square to square saving each time if you're in a specifically dangerous area. Right. Um, one of the biggest differences in this game, one of the things I was struck by in replaying it, is there's not it's very desolate. Like there's mm-hmm. not very many settlements and there's a lot of space between things, yeah. which is not always the case in later games in the series.
0: Like all of the visitable um areas, they fit on the right side on those on those little fast travel things. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So there's there's like thirteen or something like that, and and like that, Different areas. like
0: that's something that's kind of a general complaint. I'm actually shocked at how small this game is. Yeah, yeah. Um, which that's not a complaint. I mean, I every again every game's better if it's 20% shorter, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But like, I just if it, it's so easy to wrap my head around it. Whereas if I think about something like the modern games or even what Fallout Two sounds like, it's kind of like oh, this is uh, this is a uh, you know a big big
1: thing, a big task. It's one of the things that gives Fallout One the edge for me over Fallout Two. Like Fallout Two is fantastic, um, and I love it because there's so much to do. Whereas Fallout One is very succinct. You have a very set goal. It's very uncomplicated, and it's very uh, compact. So you can concentrate on all these tonal and story elements that are being introduced. Yeah. Um, whereas the second one, as much as I love it, there's a lot going on in the second one. Like town, there are several towns about the size of the hub. That yeah. You go to. Speaking of too much to do, like the hub, dog. Yeah the the hub has a lot to do in it, like um, which is kind of why I chose it as as you know around the ending point for the for the playthrough because I knew we could spend some time on the hub.
0: Like I I didn't do as much here as I thought I would, and like throughout mm-hmm. throughout the rest of the game because of how small and brief it sounded, you know it was I was wondering if I was missing something, like mm-hmm. if I wasn't paying enough attention or things like that, and I got to the hub and it was like there is just way too much happening here.
1: Right, and it, it makes sense though. It's supposed to be that. It's supposed to be the uh, the big commercial center right. of this you know area of the the West Coast. So this is where everyone comes around. There's a, the huge merchant continuum, this huge caravan system. Like this is the you know the New York City or what have you of the the post apocalyptic world. Right. Um, so, but there's there's a lot of neat stuff you can do in the hub as well. Like uh, it, it's big, but there's also a lot of a lot of good stuff. Not least of which that iguana Bob. Yeah. Bit. Which is, which is a lot
0: of fun. Like, the, the hub was the first place that had gear that I, like, had my eye on. Like, there are mm-hmm. lots of merchants, and there are, like, levels of merchants to where you can go to somebody and you can say, yeah, I like this, but you got anything a little bit uh, spicier? And then they're mm-hmm. like, oh, you need to go to this guy in a warehouse over here, and he sells the good shit. Yep. Um, yep. And so this is where I, you know, discovered that you can be, I am become sniper rifle, you know, the destroyer yes. of worlds. Um, Yes. And that was funded entirely by gambling for me.
1: Yeah, which is a good way to do it. If you're avoiding, that's really smart, because if you're avoiding combat, like for me, it was funded entirely by loading up Tycho and Ian with so many leather armors that, you know, like an entire caravan worth of leather armors and just becoming like, I'm the leather armor guy. I'm selling these fine leather armors. Um, and, and, And that's what I became. So if I had put some points into gambling, I wouldn't have had to do that. And it's really smart to do that because... The the economy takes a jump here. Like you're getting really nice, you know, equipment at this point. Really powerful equipment too. Yeah. Um, that sniper rifle is is you know probably top of the pops as far as the uh, the rifle uh, contingent. And you get, there's an automatic shotgun as well. So if you're doing close range stuff, that's very powerful. Um, you can also earn just for doing a quest uh, the best pistol in the game. Really? Yeah. There's a guy who uh, tells you that raiders have taken over his farm. Did you run into that? No, that
0: no, I, no, I didn't.
1: Um, he's just in a house in the hub. Like, he's easy, easy to miss. But if you promise to get them back or go take his farm back, you go to a map. You're only there for a little while. It's a really fun tactical area. It's a complicated little house, and it's really fun to kind of lure people out and, and use cover and everything. Oh, cool. And then uh, he gives you, he calls it a rifle, but it's actually the, the best pistol in the game, the the point two two three. Hmm. Yeah, which I, makes I, an I incredible see, sound.
0: I see those. I see those. Uh, I see ammo for that, and I think you can get one. It's like a. It's like a Luger type thing from uh, from, from uh, what's his what's his name blah, 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 blah. Gizmo. Gizmo. Yeah, um, and that uses that kind of ammo. It I uses
1: c- nine millimeter ball. Ew. Yeah. So okay. like yeah. So that's the, that's. I, I know what kind of ammo these things use because I'm <laughs> I'm ridiculous. Yeah. Um,
0: I was I was bummed out that there were no uh, that there were no revolvers in this again yeah. because i like playing <laughs> that's why that's one of the reasons why i loved uh, new vegas if i can geek out about my character's build and that um, I, I, you know, I just i maxed out small guns and um, i found three types of revolvers that i liked mm-hmm. and instead of reloading i would just switch to a different one and if i if i if i didn't win the combat by the time i emptied all all, the, all of those clips mm-hmm. um, like it wasn't winnable Right. <laughs> so I got the like the Blade Runner gun and like the a couple of magnums that I and I um, loaded them out, modified them in different ways, and uh, did that. So all four of my directions were
1: different types of revolvers. That's cool. Uh, yeah, you can and you can do that kind of. You can have multiple guns. Set up in this, like where I'm at right now in the game, I'm also building towards energy weapons, but I have the sniper rifle and that pistol yeah. in both of my weapon slots, so I can switch between depending on what the the situation calls for.
0: And, and that and that kind of brings up another complaint of mine: the inventory. Like CRPGs have like either their inventory <laughs> is really really good or it is the
1: worst. Well, yeah, it's um, it's either Deus Ex or Fallout. Yes. And no points in between. <laughs> yes.
0: Uh, um, yeah. So, so like, with this, um, it's a nice touch how you have to be empty-handed in civilized areas like the hub, um, mm-hmm. or else people will not re- respond to you. Um, I, I like that a lot. But uh, that makes it so that your offhand weapon, which it's a nice touch to be able to switch stuff, like it, it, you, if you're going to be in a town, and there's plenty of combat in towns, too, you mm-hmm. need to keep your second hand um, empty. Right, concealed so- carry. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah.
1: But yeah, it it is obnoxious as far as management. And also you have to put away your gun before opening any doors or anything like that or climbing a ladder, which is annoying. Um, There's no take all button from from looting. Um, When you get new items, they put it at the bottom of your inventory, (laughs) which is mind boggling. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Like no one playtested that apparently. (laughs)
2: Yeah.
1: Um, so yeah, I agree. The inventory is clunky as shit. Yeah. I, I'm going to go as far as say the, the actual interface of how you interact with those items is really counterintuitive as well. Unless yeah. I mean, it's second nature for me, but the whole hold down the button to get the pull down menu of different birds <sighs> is really clunky. And if you don't, I mean, I just feel like I was born knowing it. <laughs> but, if it, but if i hadn't been born knowing it yeah. you know who knows
0: like 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 once once i figured it out like you know the a that you had different types of cursors that you got by right clicking but also mm-hmm. that it had that contextual like badge kind of thing my mind immediately switched into oh this is like full throttle and then right. i and, the, and then it was like okay i get it and then I went right. It's again
1: it's another like adventure game kind of touch yeah um yeah. So, what did you? Um, it looks like. I mean, you didn't do too much in the, in the hub. What did you do in the hub?
0: Oh man, I went over to the uh, to, to to old town. I think, which mm-hmm. is where all the where all of the warehouses and stuff are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, I couldn't walk into any buildings without like getting into a fight with some with, with, with some thugs. Um so that was that was fun. Actually I cleared out all the thugs from the area. Like a, a hard rain came and cleaned out the streets. So, um so
1: you, so you did the thugs in the when you immediately come into your right below you there's a house where there's some thugs who immediately open fire. Um you did that, right? Yes. Okay, that will serve you well.
0: Um but then and that's an I, but, important But then thing. Tycho died in that fight. Uh, oh okay. <laughs> and so I had to like I reloaded, and it took me back to before I got a lot of gambling winning.
1: So I was like, "Well, shit." Uh, it, you so- know, like it's it's I don't it's hard for me to let NPCs die. NPCs die.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's okay to let NPCs die and, and Fallout One. Yeah, like they don't have personalities and they're not going to last. Like as soon as you get power armor and start fighting super mutants and death claws, they will die. Yeah, um, and it is sad. Like there are, the the links that fans go to to keep dog meat alive. Are incredible like if, if the end game and we'll talk about it next episode it, it requires this Byzantine system of setting up a cage made of force fields what? to stop dog meat from 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 charging into a certain death in that last fight I almost always do it because I don't want my dog to die um, I immediately if somebody shot dog meat I would like rush over to him and, and kill anybody who was fucking with him um, you yeah. know don't don't mess with when you give somebody a dog in a game like I don't even like dogs that much in real life.
2: Yeah, I know. But right? the uh, in in a
1: video game, like it just it, you know I'm into having a dog. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's hard to keep people alive. So whatever you need to do to re, if you reload with Tycho dead, mm-hmm. um, clear out that building because okay. you will you will thank yourself later.
0: Okay. Um, cool.
1: Um, yeah, th- someone is being ke- kept uh, hostage who is important later.
0: Cool. I I also talked to uh talked to a ghoul slash mutant maybe as a mutant ghoul. Uh, homeless mm-hmm. guy you give him 20 caps and uh he tells you about this uh excursion that he made which like because i know a little bit about the story i knew it was plot important mm-hmm. um but uh, that was a neat little story like the whole process of like people becoming ghouls is mm-hmm. is, is interesting to me mm-hmm. um and that's I, I like how that's played within uh and in, in fallout 3 like they have the whole city there of people who like are from before the war yeah, um, and how that culture is entirely different. So talking to him, like like he's been one of my favorite NPCs, even if he is horrifying to look at.
1: Yeah, Harold. Yeah. Um, Harold is the most important NPC in in the Fallout games, and he has appeared in all of them, other than New Vegas. Really? Um, yeah. He's he's in uh, he is the guy who you meet in the Grove in Fallout Three, or like whatever it's called. Oh, for fucking real? Yeah. That. Yep. He's tree dude. Yep. Oh. And wow. in the second one, he has more of a tree growing out of his head. <laughs> and in the third, by the third one, he is entirely a tree. Wow. Um, his, his mutation is turning him into a tree slowly. Um, but yeah, he is the most plot. He is involved in a lot of the plot things. And this conversation you're talking about, the backstory, is really like the backstory of the ultimate conflict of this game. And you can miss so much of it. Like if you don't talk to him and then you have to kind of put the pieces together, you know, it's important to remember these names that he's talking about and everything. Right. To know you know who the main antagonist of the game is and, and how that that works, um, yeah, Harold is, is wonderful. Like Andy's really funny and his voice, voice acting is really good. Yeah, um, you know I love the the how whenever you ask him how to you ask him how did I survive and he goes <laughs> didn't and he laughs and then later you can ask him again and he goes didn't. I love that joke, and then one of the I options is I know, yeah, I can tell. <laughs> like, it is very like you can play the Vault Dweller is very wry, yeah, man, which is really fun. Um, but yeah, yeah he's yeah, he's he is, he is delightful, um, and he's also a really unique. I mean, he's turning into a tree. He's not quite a ghoul. Um, he's kind of a, a you know a kind of a mutant. Yeah, uh, you know, but he he is awesome, and he's it's good that you spend some time with him because he's I think it's mandatory actually that you spend some time with him. But it is a, a if you want to yeah if you want to discover the mutant threat he leads to that thread, um, but he is a he's, he's a delightful NPC. Yeah,
0: so that 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 was that was probably the most the most important thing that I've done in the hub mm-hmm. so far. Like I I didn't do more of the like more of the merchant stuff you know like like mm-hmm. the like the various trade guilds than um, mm-hmm. than I needed to. Like I did one thing for the water merchants uh, like guarding one of their caravans, mm-hmm. um, but that wasn't too remarkable or anything like that i did iguana bob um and that was that that was neat and uh, other than that it was just a matter of like okay i'm gonna really really gear up because you know i know necropolis is coming
1: yeah the there's not like the other stuff that you can do in this game like those caravan trips are not story important like they're kind of neat that you can go get a job and get kind of tra- transport to different areas so it kind of functions as a fast travel almost, except you just do a little encounter. Um, they, there's a cost-benefit thing though, where they take time. So it's kind of a way that if you're playing a combat-heavy character, you can get some loot and trade for some of that those weapons. Um, but at this point, the clock is still ticking. So um, you know it becomes this this, this you know trade-off. Um, there's also a very similar to Gizmo situation with a character named Decker, okay. um, who runs a, the casino here. And, uh, you know, you can bring him, you can trick him into essentially hiring you to kill people again, uh-huh. uh, very similar to gizmo and, and, get the law involved. Um, it's a much tougher fight though. And you, you, the, you know, the benefits are a little bit better. Um, you can also run into, uh, the followers of the apocalypse. Yeah. Oh,
0: I, I'm, I really wish I had done that.
1: Or, yeah. The, yeah. The, um, well, it's not followers of the apocalypse. Why do I not have the, like, you, I, know,
0: I know you meet, you meet the followers in add town. Or eighty town. Yeah, yeah, a, um, yeah,
1: eighty or something like. I don't know how to pronounce it. Why, why am I blanking on the name? It's the uh, they're they're one of the end game things. It's a, it's a cult. The followers of the apocalypse are good in the later games, though.
0: Yes. Right, like that's the
1: thing that like arcade Ganon is part of in New Vegas. Yeah,
0: I, like uh, of all the factions and stuff, the followers of the apocalypse are my favorite. Right, um, they're, the,
1: they're the neutral good.
0: Yeah, they're ones. they're 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 neutral good. They're all about science, and they're all about like you know you know helping improve people's lives and running like medical stuff so like of 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 all of them that like they're the one that i like morally agree with the most
1: (laughs) so if it's them so take this with a grain of salt if it's them and and keep in mind that i've played this a thousand times but i've played all of them and they run together in my head and Uh i haven't played the second half of the game for the podcast if it's them they are somehow corrupt and if it's it might be a different name and i'm That's similar to that. And I'm just.
0: What you're saying. What you're saying sounds like. uh, Sounds like the cathedral.
1: Yes. So they are connected to that. Okay. Um, And that is part of the the end game. Which which we'll get to. Does the NCR factor into this game? Or is that two? That's two. Okay. Yeah. Um, So the other. The weirdest. And kind of tonally most off-putting part of the hub too. That you can play the entire game. Like I didn't find it the first two times I played through. Is there's a thieves guild in uh in the hub run by a character named loxley who is fully voiced and is entirely a a character has like a ridiculous british accent and uh who gives you really good lock picks and teaches you how to do thief things um which is really weird and medieval and really uh you know elder scrollsy for for uh, a fallout game
0: yeah it feels like that that sounds like it's from a different game
1: yeah it's a really odd little bit and he just gives you you know you have to go steal a uh uh, uh, item from from a character in the kind of the the heights or whatever they call it the rich area of the hub. Um, so and that's it, I like that it's just this thing that you could really easily just skip, and it's nice to throw a bone to like thiefy sneaky characters because they don't get tons of them in this game. Like it's a viable way to play. You can always sneak attack people and get a lot of damage if you if they don't know you're there. Um, that can you know is a good way to play through the game if you want to. But the uh, there's not very much quest related stuff other than freeing Tandy. I'm I'm
0: I'm really bummed out that I tagged Lockpick actually. Um
1: does that pay off later? Uh you know, I've had a play off for me, you know, even even so far in the game. I mean, it depends on what you're doing though. Like you can uh you know, I usually like I said I try to do everything in the game. So after I do everything good, for Junktown, I usually in character decide that I haven't been paid enough, and then break into Killian's at night and steal everything <laughs> from a safe when I'm, I'm sure I'm not going to use that merchant anymore. Yeah, um, you know, so you can do that. Um, there are more locked containers later on in the game, okay. And there are locked uh, doors in some of the military based dungeon areas you end up later, later on in. So it's useful for that.
0: Okay. Yeah, because like I I picked you know, obviously I picked speech because that's the one of the highlights yes. of the game, one of the highlights of the genre for me. I picked uh small guns as my combat skill. And then like as my, you know, how do I get around skill I chose I I I, I chose to tag uh lockpick. Which mm-hmm. in, in, in retrospect I really wish that I would have tagged uh gambling or tagged um, like steel even. You know, yeah. because that's, you know, that, that, th- that seems really important to me too. You there's know, you a lot can,
1: you can do with steel and there's a lot of like, again, that planting and explosives on people is a really good way to kill, you know, encounters that are not in, immediately hostile. Like people you want to kill, but have dialogue leading up to it. Right. Hmm. So hmm. It's, it'll, it'll turn out to be useful. Okay. At least to some respect. And you will end up with enough skill points to, to put them into that if you'd like to. Okay. All right. So you can always do books if you're getting so much money through gambling. Um, the book merchant in this town, um, especially if you've already solved the water chip thing, so your time limit is less, uh, is no longer urgent. Um, then you can you know just buy books.
0: Yes, that on- is uh, right. that is something that I intend to do mm-hmm. uh, once once I get enough uh, once I get enough uh, you know patience and willpower to just keep tapping one and four over and over yeah. again.
1: <laughs> books are I love how expensive books are. Oh, they're so crazy expensive. But it, I mean, it makes sense, like this idea of knowledge being this resource. I yeah. really like
0: that. But it's it's a library that sells books.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that, that is true. Well, yeah. yeah, the friends, of the library sale.
0: Oh, that to, happens. To, to be to be fair, I don't know about you, but my heat vision burns up every book that I read after I read it. So <laughs> it makes sense that yes. they're a scarce resource. <laughs> yes.
1: Yes, and you yeah. can just share them or loan them out. Yeah. Um. Yeah. A little. A little crazels. Um. The the main reason you come here though is for the water merchants. And so the, the game has these two time limits built in, like one for the vault running out of water, and then one of them that was an invisible time limit, which was the super mutants finding the vault. Mm-hmm. And you're introduced to this kind of interesting cost-benefit analysis here where if you send the water merchants to your vault, um, they can keep the vault going for a while extra, but it also makes the the vault really visible because, the you know, the vault it's hidden in this cave. Mm-hmm. And it's going to show the super mutants where, they're, where they're, uh, the vault is located. So in the original version, this lower that time limit by, I think, 100 or 150 days. Yeah, 100 days um, is
0: what I read. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then that that's the time limit that was patched out, right? Like, you have the yes. initial one for the water, but then the Super Mutants. So the, the Super Mutants just never find the
1: vault? Yes. Yeah, they cannot uh, find the vault. It was just a non-standard game over. Okay. If, if they did. Um, There's no storyline. And there are, uh, as we'll, we'll come to shortly, there are consequences to, to lollygagging. Um, you know, when I went to Necropolis, which is the next area we have in our notes, um, I had lollygagged too much and everyone was dead and the super mutants had already invaded. Really? So, yep. Huh? So, and, so, and, so
0: do, I mean, I don't, I, I, I'll, I probably want to find this out for myself, but it, it's worth asking, like, do super mutants just start taking over different areas?
1: No I and mean, there there are some areas that they can they can take over. This is the big one. Um, I feel like there's one other major area that will change, but they don't take over any civilized towns here. If you do certain actions um in the the endings, they can invade certain areas okay, so if you do certain things you know shittily, then they will take over what it's left of them will take over certain towns and you'll get a little like downer ending for that town okay. And I can't recall the other area, but there's one other area where, uh, you know, time is of the essence.
2: Hmm.
1: So this is the big one. It also glitched out spectacularly where <laughs> all of the ghouls who were you know, formerly non-hostile were dead but standing up like stock still. And it was really creepy. Yeah, that's... Um, yeah. So the, the entire area had, was very, very haunted and, and weird to me.
0: I liked the Necropolis. It was good. I mean, just, uh, it was, it, it, it amounts to one big dungeon and mm-hmm. I, I tackled it primarily by combat. Is there a way that you can tackle it in, in a
1: non-combat kind of sense, aside from sneaking? Um, like some ghouls are, are feral yes. at this point and talking your way out of, so you can, you can talk to certain, did you talk to set the like leader of the ghouls? Yes. Okay. So, I mean, you can non-combat your way through that. There, if, I, if I recall, you can the super mutants that are guarding the the water pump. You can get through them through non non combat way, but it's very risky because if you fuck up in that dialogue tree, um, one of the options will result in them like picking you up and taking you to the end game dungeon. What? So you can <laughs> sequence break this game. And it's not a sequence break because you can just go there as well. But if you fuck that up, you can end up at the end end of the game. With
0: no power armor and no weapons to deal with yes. what you're there
1: for. Um, and you can still make it out of there. It's just incredibly difficult. Wow. And you do it by running you know, by the skin of your teeth. But you will lose all of your companions and, and everything. Yeah. Um, so it is but it is possible to, to sneak. And I think it's possible to talk your way out and convince the uh, – because the, the super mutants are dumb. This is the first – it's actually the second time because we didn't talk about uh, getting the super mutant data disk thing from the Deathclaw cave. Did you I, do that? Like the, the, the caravans that are being destroyed? No. Oh, that, that's an important, uh, important quest line. You should do that. Okay. Um, the, uh, the Fargo traders in the hub are being, their caravans are being attacked. Everyone's caravans are being attacked, but theirs are being attacked the most. And you can accept a quest to figure out why. And uh, they think it's a deathclaw. And you go to a cave with a deathclaw and you fight your first deathclaw, which is difficult at this point in the game, but very satisfying when you defeat it. And you find a dying super mutant, and he has a data disc on him that details some of the threat. Okay. So I thought you had to do that for the overseer to to believe that there's a threat. But it's interesting that you don't. I guess you also find out about them from Necropolis.
0: Yeah, yeah, just by the fact that they're there and like apparently are trying to take over cities. That that that's the uh, that's
1: the sense that I got. Yeah. This. Mm-hmm. this acts as a kind of a proof that they're around. So I think you use the data disc that you get from this when you're interacting with the Brotherhood of Steel a little bit later. Okay. So it's worth doing. It's also you know kind of story important and and you know it's satisfying. It, it's good practice to take down a Death Deathclaw at this point. Um, and it's fun because you spend all this time hearing about them. Like everyone is is terrified of these things. Right. Um, when you, when you actually ask them, most of the ask me abouts, most of the characters you can ask me about or tell me about Deathclaws, hmm. and they'll say something about them. Um, and, uh, it's fun to, it's fun to be able to take one out at this point yeah. and, and actually legitimately really challenging.
0: Again, I knew I was missing stuff. I knew I wasn't paying attention, but in the interest of expedience and just kind of like, Oh, this is, this is where I should go. And, mm-hmm. you know, having heard about Necropolis and ha- had it put on my, on my map, I was kind of like, let's just go take a look at this. And then I, you know, found my way into it.
1: It's good to do it because you solve the water chip thing. And it's, yes. it's a fun area in its own right. But before you, we continue the second half of the game, you should at least do that part of the hub. Yes. Even if you don't clean up the hub. Um, this is an important storyline quest. I think you also get some more dialogue from Harold um, oh, okay. about that that kind of reveals the backstory because he's kind of integral to finding this Deathclaw um, area. Okay. So, worth doing.
0: Okay. Yeah, that, that, that's definitely... It, it, it was my intention to go back and clean, and clean the hub up, but I, mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if our goal for this episode was to clean the hub or to, you know, to, to, to get the, to get the water chip.
1: Yeah. So. Either way is fine. Just for your own personal experience. Yes. Like my, I think I covered education. Yes. Yes. I covered the rest of the stuff that can happen in the hub. So we won't talk about it next episode. Okay. But.
0: Yeah. So, so yeah, it was, it was fun, especially like cleaning out that church. Um, cause you can snipe through the windows. I found, mm-hmm. um, so long as you have a good, uh, a, a good line of sight. Um, Yeah. That, mm-hmm. that, that 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 was cool. I mean, it was mostly just you know just a combat area. I like the, the like the pacifist ghouls who are just like letting themselves be pushed around.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yep. Living in, in squalor in yeah, the, exactly. the sewers. Oh, okay, we're monsters. Yes, we we'll live in the sewer. The uh, <laughs> navigating this area is kind of interesting because you end up like kind of going back and forth between the sewer. Like there are areas of the city that are blocked off, so you go underground and then take ladders up to yep. other areas of the city. It can be a little bit frustrating, but it's not too bad.
0: I found that like if I was if I was trying to get around somewhere um, I like I could just leave the area and then fast travel to where I wanted to go mm-hmm. inside of it because there's fast travel within cities um, yes. when you like when you first go into an area it brings up a map where you can press on different triangles so I could get where I needed to go and if I was stuck I just backtracked to where I could see that map and then just go for it
1: Those maps are great too yeah like they're, they look like they're like uh, the uh, junktown one is a postcard um you know they're really interesting looking yeah uh, you know just kind of like uh, they look more like posters than actual maps you should have an option to do that from within game or within the town oh, for real yeah yeah that, that's another kind of uh, interface oversight but um
0: i liked the uh i liked the encounter with the super mutants at the end mm-hmm. so so yeah the, like the, you know these, these these uh ghouls that you're down you know that, that, that you meet down there you could just take their water chip and run but mm-hmm. i didn't want to do that because that's not the kind of person that i wanted to play not who i am really uh, you know i did a lot of soul searching i was kind of like i wouldn't be able yeah. to live with myself if i let these ghouls die of thirst so i went mm-hmm. for it um yeah, so but- you go up and you re- and you repair their uh, their water pump but there are super mutants who for some reason are taking an interest in their water. yeah
1: yeah i mean they i think they're guarding that like it's part of their just kind of general plan for uh taking over yeah like the impression I got was they were just kind of there to, to put the the community under duress as part of like a, a scout for a larger invading force, yes. because it, ultimately if you do wait so a little bit longer, like I did, they will they will invade and kill everyone.
0: <laughs> I um, liked how all the super mutants had airy names. Yeah, <laughs> yep. yep. yep, and they and they yep. all had like
1: dialogue too. Like you can talk to them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's not always you know useful, but you you can do it. This- which this is part of a question. This is, the, is... is this the game where you can play a dumb character? So the, you can, the options are not as extensive as they are later. Um, two does amazing things with a dumb character Two has the best dumb options. <laughs> and that includes like new Vegas, which, uh, you know, um, what, what is the thing in, in new Vegas? If you're a dumb character, there's a, there's, there's a, a guy you can ask about Caesar's luncheon, <laughs> um, in new Vegas, which I love. um, but the uh, uh, two does the best dumb character. This one, there are some options, but a lot of times it just people don't want to uh, talk to you because you are a mentally handicapped midget and/or a retarded little person. <laughs> um, and the uh, so it makes it it makes the game very combat heavy because a lot of interactions you have no choice but to just kind of go I, and I, people get sick of your I shit. You now, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean that's what that's what you end up saying. Like you were like me, water and. Uh, <laughs> You know why the Vault Dweller would send you out <laughs> at that point? Who who knows? You know, um, you know this guy is not articulate at all, right. uh, so it makes less sense. Whereas in the first, in the second one, there's this kind of chosen one quest line. So maybe you know the chosen one uh, is is not so smart. Oh, he's like a it, King it, novel. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: There
1: you go. Um, yeah, so you can you can be dumb as dumb as the super mutants, but uh, it doesn't unlock as much as it does later games in the series. Oh.
0: Well, one, one, one of those things. But like the super mutants don't have to be dumb, which is which is what's funny to me.
1: <laughs> it it's it, there's they uh, talk about this a lot in that Fallout Bible. Like it's, it's it's so this uh what they're exposed to that turns them into super mutants is this uh, FEV, this forced evolutionary yeah. virus. And the uh, exposure to radiation made the forced evolutionary virus wonky. Um, so it has kind of random effects. Like some people it turns dumb, some people are actually very smart. And are, are super intelligent as a result of it. Who You'll run into some of those people later. Yeah. Uh, so it kind of just, you know, other than just mutating you uh, into a hideous monster, it has variable effects on your, your sanity and intelligence. Okay. Yeah. So that's more, I mean, that's most of the first half of the game. You go back to, to Vault 13 at this point, And, uh, you know, this is when the, the Overseer says, you know, thanks for the water chip. You get a huge XP bump. And then uh, says these super mutants are also something to worry about. Yeah.
0: Um, and that kind of ends this first half really.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Then the next episode we'll be talking about, uh, the boneyard, um, uh, or, uh, added the whole brotherhood of steel thing. And then the kind of the end game right. to it. So it's less areas, but it's when all the plot, the grand overarching plot kind of comes home to roost. So there'll be a lot more of that, um, two, two little pieces of trivia. If you, that I, I thought of. Okay. With this. So that whole, the vault is uh, experimentation. Um, so the vault that you come from, the reason why it is still closed and everything else has been opened is that uh, that vault was designed to be closed twice as long as any other oh, really? vault to, to study prolonged isolation. <laughs> um, but this you know, event kind of throws a monkey wrench in that. Um, the vault in Necropolis was designed with a faulty door, so it, ha- it lit radiation <laughs> in, which is why everyone turned into a ghoul. Right. Um, in that, and then there's also a vault that was all children, like all people under 18, and that is the vault that uh, Harold came from.
0: Oh, so it's like a uh, like little lamplight.
1: Yeah, yeah, but it ended up being very similar to little lamplight. But they never explicitly show right. it. It's just kind of in this lore. Like in, in the Fallout Bible, there's this list of you know all the vaults that have been designated um, as a Fallout. Too. Yeah,
0: I've. And what I've are. got the Bible on my iPad. I need to like sit down and read it between between now
1: and uh, next episode. Read read it. Um, don't read it after you play Fallout Two. Oh, really? Like I'll, I'll probably, yeah, because it's going to spoil a lot of Fallout Two oh, stuff okay. for you. I mean, it's about both kind of in equal parts. Yeah. So um and and go into Fallout Two to blind um because it's so so delightful. Hmm. Okay. Um yeah. So. But uh yeah that I. So that's the the first half of Fallout. I, mean, I think we talked about a lot of the general gameplay stuff yes. I'm in that, and we'll talk about anything we missed in the the first one. Um, I I for one, you know, inventory sucks, but I love the combat in this game. Like that tactical um, pen and paper style resource action management thing, just like does it for me in a in a big bad way. Um, the game also kind of turns me into a gun fetishist, <laughs> which I'm not normally. Like Borderlands can talk about all their guns, but they all bore the shit out of me. Whereas you know, guns being satisfying or powerful in Fallout is interesting. Yes. And uh, you know, say about that what, what you yeah.
0: want. I, I I almost feel like I'm doing the game a disservice by just saying, Yeah, I really like it. <laughs> like I like it for the same reasons that I really like Fallout 3 and New Vegas. I love the I love the tone and the setting and the, the things that it makes you do are interesting and for every uh, you know, uninteresting cyberpunk, degraded future, you know, Mohawks uh and Mad Max style leather spiked armor person. There's somebody like Harold, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. so like that's kind of cool. And just the just the world in general. This comes up a little bit more later. I'm not seeing it as much, but just the the, the, the fake products that are in this and the flavor yes. text and just kind of like the, the effort that has gone into the branding
1: of everything. Yeah, they really stick with that, that like the 50s slash future theme, yeah. which I think we can all agree is the best future. <laughs> Like if if the fifties have a future and it's very similar to Fallout, and you know the sixties have a future, sixties and seventies, it's like two thousand one, it's all <laughs> sterile and everyone's in white, you know.
0: Yeah.
1: And the eighties have a future and it's Terminator, and the nineties have a future and it's the internet. Yeah. Like we can all agree that the fifties is the best definitely. future because like it is definitely the coolest future.
0: And it's all ripped from comic books and things like that. Just so fucking good. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, it's all X-ray specs and, and mail order death <laughs> rays. You know. Yeah
0: so I, I i really I really enjoyed that um I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with the super mutants. oh, one other mm-hmm. general thing that I forgot to make a note of um I like the music oh yeah yeah mark uh, Mark Morgan same guy who did Torment. okay, oh really, so that's uh, why it feels very similar to that has kind of some yeah. of the same instrumentation to it
1: yeah it's very um it's not very earwormy but it is, does set the mood really yes. well I'm I,
0: um, and, and and playing it like I like the music in Fallout Three, but like I after keeping it on for a little while, I would just turn it off and then listen to podcasts while I was playing. Um yeah. whereas with this I felt compelled to just kind of like stick through with it. So I missed not having um I missed having rather uh the ambient music in Fallout Three. Um retro retroactively. Yeah. There's um
1: there's a couple of mods that will add the ambient music from Fallout one and two. Oh, Cool. To follow three and, and New Vegas as just a radio station, so it's an optional thing you, you turn on, which is which is really nice. Yeah, the uh, one of the things that uh, we didn't talk about—did you run into any special random encounters?
0: No, no. Most of my random encounters were either nothing, or they like I, I found like some merchants, but they weren't selling anything I was interested in, or it was just mm-hmm. you know
1: rad scorpions. Yeah, rad scorpions get around. Um, there are less of them than in the second one. But there are a bunch of really uh, interesting, kind of funny Easter egg style uh, random encounters in this game, yeah. and you'll probably run into one or two. Um, I think it's largely dependent on your luck stat and your outdoorsman skill. Oh, really? Yes. Um, so if the uh, uh, you know if if you've got those kind of pumped, which are outdoorsmen, you know, I just kind of did for, through books, but luck is a really important stat for critical hits. Yeah. If you're playing a sniper. Um, you know that's a it's a good stat to have. Looks like seven. And, uh, yeah, that's good. And yeah, I mean you're gambling, so I imagine you have pretty decent luck. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's pretty that's pretty good. You'll probably run into one or two. Okay. Throughout the game, there. I mean, there are more fun and more bonkers in the second <laughs> one. Um, and the second one here is a little, and you you may not run into it, so I'm going to ruin it for you. Um, there is a door to the, It's like reference to a Star Trek episode, like a door to tomorrow uh, gate in Fallout Two that you run into where you go back in time to uh, vault 13 and to, you fuck up with a computer and break the water chip <laughs> for real. Um, yep. Yep. The, uh, so fallout two, I mean, it's, it's kind of controversial because it's more, it's less grounded. Mm-hmm. There's more wacky shit like that, but it's, I, I love that stuff. There's also, there's a cafe of broken dreams, which is all ghosts of NPCs that didn't make it into the game or ghosts of NPCs from fallout <laughs> one who like just sit there and give you flavor text. Awesome. Um, which is really excellent. And you gotta play Fallout 2 Yeah, like I understand you said that you're going to, but you <laughs> gotta play Fallout <laughs> get, too, get,
0: on yeah. um, get on it. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, I, I'm excited to play it even more now because it sounds like it. It takes the things that I really like about Fallout and uh, elaborates on them. So, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, I can, I can. You know, the one of the big reasons why this game has such a special place in my heart is it came exactly the right time for me. Like I had played Baldur, Baldur's Gate first, and I love the Baldur's Gate games. Um, and because of that, I was acclimated to this kind of overhead, you know, I'm playing with my toys, tactical uh, RPG experience. Um, and uh, Walmarts and Targets used to sell these $9.99 jewel case PC double packs yeah. that I, I was exposed to so many great games. That's how I, I got Torment. Um, that's how I got a game. There's a game called Septera Core, which is a pretty fun, like, Final Fantasy-style PC game. Oh, cool. um, and Shogo. Um, a lot of these things, these double packs, and the Fallout One and Two one, I just you know, I all I saw was the the cover with the guy with the power armor, and it was just kind of like, oh, a post nuclear you know role playing game. This sounds awesome, and it was a time when I I moved back into my mom's house. I didn't have a job, uh, which is not you know m- most of my life. Like I you know is a very brief period, but this was this was the first game that I deprived myself and as an adult I deprived myself of sleep for. Like I would stay up really, and I didn't have a job, so I didn't have to get up. I would stay up really late, and then still wake up early, like to play Fallout. (laughs) I was so excited and so interested just in what would happen next Mm -hmm. that uh, these two games I just kind of jammed through in a really short amount, like a couple weeks, and uh, you know, just totally, I don't know, just did it for me, like right place, right time, and just appeals to all of my specific gamer sensibilities in a way that just like scratching an incredibly satisfying itch.
0: That's so important. Finding it at the right time, just when you're when you're ready for it, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. Agreedo.
0: Today's podcast is. Sponsored by audible.com and for you the listeners of watch out for fireballs audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service as usually we we, you know we want to recommend either books that we really like or books that are thematically appropriate Um, and since I'm a huge fan of uh, post-apocalyptic literature I would like to recommend Stephen King's The Stand Mm. Um, seems like kind of an obvious choice Uh, but uh, I want to talk to you about the value here. So for free, um, you get 47 hours and 52 minutes of audio.
1: Oh, good night. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know you're trying to sell it with that. But, wow. <laughs> and I, I'm not even talking like, I, I don't, you know, I like the, this, I've never read the stand. Yeah. I've never listened to the stand. I like the idea of the stand, so it's not even judgment on on it as a thing. Yeah, <laughs> that isn't that is an incredible amount of tape. Yes, it is.
0: <laughs> so, um, if you want to learn about superflues and uh, one of my favorite uh, antagonists from any book, Randall Flag, uh, give it a listen. It's entirely free when you sign up for their uh, for, for their trial. Uh, if you want to take advantage of that, go to audibletrial.com/slash/watchoutforfireballs. Again, that is audibletrial.com/slash/watchoutforfireballs to get your free copy of the stand and or any other audiobook book of your choosing
1: to, to throw a Gary spin on this. Uh, you know <laughs> who Randall Flagg is, don't you?
0: Um, like from, from the TV show or
1: no, from, uh, uh, Oh no, he's a,
0: he's a, he, he's a N- Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So Gary friendly as well. Yep. This, uh, this book um, <laughs> yeah. features Nyarlathotep as a, as an antagonist. I can get behind that. So now you've heard what we have to say about fallout one at length. Um, uh, but it, it is time to hear what you have to say. Um, we try to as whenever we do these two part episodes, we try to limit the responses to the first part of the game. That doesn't always happen, um, so some of these are real general. Um, but we are still accepting them. So after you hear this, if you have if this inspires anything in you, please get in touch with us and uh, let us know what you think about this game. So yeah, the, the first person who uh, got in touch with us was Chase. And uh, why don't you go ahead and read this one, and then we'll we'll kind of bookend those.
0: Okay. Um, just so you know, we do edit some of these down just to, uh, just, just, just for length. So don't be, uh, don't, don't be upset, please. It may <laughs> seem
1: like we don't edit anything for length after this <laughs> podcast and last podcast, but I swear we, we do edit, extensively edit these things for length. We just love the sound of our voice. Uh,
0: it's so, so, amazing so like that. <laughs> it is,
1: <laughs> is, is really, I pretty much want to hear myself say, you know, um, at least like 20 or 30 times every time I listen to a podcast. <laughs>
0: I I, so, I I want to hear myself trail off after saying something incredibly douchey,
1: or say so, say low calorie or high calorie. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a new thing that astute listeners may have picked up. <laughs>
2: sorry. It's a thing for but work. i i so
1: okay, like, no, it's fine. <laughs> I I do that too. I was I was realizing uh, I I had to break myself out, but I was saying V-A-V. a <laughs> v- lot. And what a douchey v- thing to say! Like, what uh, a I
0: think it's actually vis-à-vis.
1: Vis-a-vis. Yeah. But Sue, so, so, well that's that's the most douchey thing. The second is to correct someone saying it. Sorry. The most douchey <laughs> thing is to say it all the time. But what what a douchey, you know, pretentious thing to say. But I was saying it like every third word. Yeah. I, um so I had to consciously like, you know what, Gary? Enough <laughs> of this shit.
0: I was I, like I I got on a kick of that because it's a joke on you look nice today.
1: Mm. Uh, so the the calorie thing or the No, vis-
0: no, the c- calorie thing is something that legitimately comes up at work when we're talking about um, like how much effort something takes. Yeah. Um, but vis-a-vis is from us uh, from you Look nice today. Ah, yeah. both of
1: which different levels of deplorable. <laughs>
0: it's okay. Cause we both, we're both at fault. <laughs> yes, we are. So anyway, chase says via our contact form, my first exposure to fallout was fallout three. So I was happy to get back to the game's roots. I started up fallout about three weeks ago. And after a few false starts, I was able to make some actual headway. The opening cutscene set the tone nicely. The music of fallout has always been a big part of the atmosphere. The, though much more sparse in this game than in later incarnations of fallout set in the opening to maybe by the ink spot strikes a chord of nostalgia for a time that the audience of these games may not actually have experienced a phenomenon that should uh have a name i propose either fake nostalgia or nostalgia um that's what he said that wasn't an aside although it was a parenthetical um this was my first infinity engine game uh, although, after listening to your Planescape episodes, I'll probably check that out. Close enough for jazz, yep. really. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the control scheme felt very legacy. It's easy to forget the fine touch needed to interact with things after a day or two of not playing. Here's my biggest complaint. I felt like exploration is discouraged in a big way uh, by the deadline. I would love to wander the wasteland and check out towns and cities, but every time I go somewhere new or do a quest, I have that voice in the back of my head saying, watch that note only so many more days and who knows how many you'll need. It's off-putting, especially after the more relaxed pace I got used to with 3 and New Vegas. That said, I am enjoying myself. The gang uh, the gang quests in Junktown were fun, though taking down the skulls ended with the last part of the town being glitched into perpetual night. Uh, the atmosphere is preserved between the games perfectly, and I'm looking forward to finishing this one. War, war never changes.
1: Yeah, excellent. That's interesting. I said before, but go to the, the Facebook page and... and listen to me and, and John kind of uh, banter back and forth about this. He also mentioned that discouraging exploration, and I can't refute that point. Um, I have this game memorized, so, like, I always have plenty of time. To the game's credit, like, one, it would be silly if there wasn't a sense of urgency to going out and doing this. Like, there ha- kind of has to be a time limit, because otherwise, you know, there's no reason to send you out. Like, knowing what you know, that this, this vault, you know, the vault... Dwell, or The, the uh, Overseer in this vault is very, uh, you know, xenophobic and, and very much does not want to break that homogenous seal. So, you know, it has to take a lot to make him do this. Um, and you can explore your heart's content after this new patch after you get the water chip. Yeah. So, And they give you that a way to extend the time limit. Like, that stuff doesn't bother me. I think it's a fair critique, but kind of a, a necessary evil to the game
0: i mean for for me, having not played the game before and not having it memorized, I think I got the water chip back to back to the vault with like I think like sixty days to spare or something mm-hmm. like that, some ridiculous number, and it's like, okay, you know I did a fair amount of. Uh, bingo card groping um <laughs> it's been a while since we brought yeah. the bingo card um uh-huh. but uh um but i still managed to get it in under there you know for like like to, to to me like all of the stuff about like oh we're running out of water we're gonna die like that would have rang so false if it was kind of like any other rpg where it's like yeah there's a meteor hanging in the sky but you can go gamble at the gold saucer if you want
1: yeah <laughs> yeah there are refreshingly a few kind of gold saucer moments in this, something also that you wouldn't notice playing the game is there's not that much to to explore. And this is, you know, that's a that can be a detriment mm-hmm. to the game. You know, you want to spend all this time exploring towns and stuff. You know, by the time you get to where we got in the game, which is you know the logical halfway point if you're following the, the clues that you've received, you know, you've explored most of the settlements in the game. Um, there's still some very neat and potentially time consuming stuff coming up. And you can you know break the order a little bit like uh, before I actually did uh, or right after I did ne- Necropolis I did the Brotherhood of Steel, whereas you can also go to, to Junk or uh, uh, the Boneyard at that point if you'd like um, you know you can kind of mess around at that point but you you end up you know you end up having having enough time if you follow the clues that you're given even if you do everything right you know even if you read every book and uh, take a long time if you're just wandering the waste like you're you're you could run out of time potentially, but that's not really what you know the game is about for this at least this first part, and that patch that uh you know eliminated the time limit like you can wander around after the game, I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. so if you want to just explore every every grid on the the map, you can do that right um so I mean again, fair criticism, I also think it's kind of necessary to the narrative um so yeah. That false nostalgia thing is really uh, hits a, hits a nail on the head though. Like this got me into a lot of that music. Yeah, um, this game and then later with Fallout Three, like that kind of you know post World War Two, uh, uh, you know, pop tin pan alley stuff. Like, yeah. I'm pretty into it. It's and uh, this this Ink Spot song is wonderful.
0: That's great. Like I, I feel like the set the world on fire is more like thematically appropriate. From what I read, mm-hmm. they they wanted to get that for this game, but there was mm-hmm. a licensing thing. But maybe even works too. Like when they have that cutscene like where you know, where where somebody's being summarily executed on the street by a dude in power armor. Yeah. Like if it fits really, really well.
1: Yeah. Yep. In the second one, they don't get an ink spot song for like, you know, the first time, but, uh, it's a a kiss to build a dream on by Louis Armstrong. Oh, nice. And that's also really, you know, really nice. Like that is a good, uh, tonal thing.
0: Fucking amazing lyrics in those times. I mean, like, yeah, a lot of it was about like missing your sweetie or whatever, but there was like some really cool stuff happening in those, in those songs at, at around that time
1: that that intro to maybe that like ding 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 <laughs> that thing is the actually the intro to most of their songs yep so when you first hear a maybe uh Ink Spot song you don't necessarily know what song it is <laughs> because they they use that intro over and over which is a weird weird uh, weird point um so I'm glad I'm glad that you like it chase um I like all the infinity engine games with the possible you know there's definitely a stratum um, when you get into the the icewind dales which are if you love the combat in the infinity engine
0: they're worth playing <laughs> good on you
1: yeah, yeah. I mean otherwise and I and I like the combat in it, but the the stories are, are really bereft. Um play Arcanum too. Mm-hmm. Like uh if you if you like this stuff. Like Arcanum is deeply flawed, but uh if you like this stuff, that is a, a you know, kinda closer to Planescape and that like more flawed than this, but also just a really fascinating, really rich setting.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So my recommendation. That is on Gog for six dollars. Yeah, yeah. And for a while it was hard to, to find so um it is awesome that that became cheap and easy to find um patch it until it glows it's got the Troika curse to it um but you there's a through line you know with the uh, the people who worked on this like uh, you know tim kane and chris Avaloni and stuff where it's like this vampire the masquerade um you know arcanum torment all those people just touch things and they turn to gold so uh, all those games have something that no other game really does right so all worth it cool um our second response is from our friend Will, uh, the runner of the Backlog Killer blog. Currently doing Braid, if you want to check that out. That's it. I like how that is not like a super old game, right? So you know he's kind of doing an equal opportunity and just did an epic Ultima Ultima run, Ultima Four, where he uh, his save game was erased like halfway oh, through and no. powered through for like thirteen hours heroically. Jesus, um, maybe something I would not have the patience that for, way. and that's presuming I have the patience to play Ultima Four. so <laughs> so, so good on you, Will.
0: Yeah, for real.
1: Um, Will says, via email, Fallout is my favorite RPG ever. Right on, brother. I played it when it came out in 1997 and have put it at the top of the pile ever since. Before Fallout, I had never played a game that lets the player complete it in any way he or she wants to. You can sneak around, take the violent option, or simply talk your way through every situation, giving almost complete agency to the player with no systemic punishments for his or her preference. Although I will admit, combat is very difficult to avoid. Though its graphics were not particularly groundbreaking, even when it first came out, the game design, sound, and tone of Fallout set a watermark that very few games have ever reached. Leaving the plot aside, since you guys are only halfway through, the tone of the game was unlike any other I'd experienced. Even compared to Wasteland, Fallout remains one of the bleakest games I've ever played. The brutality of the world is accentuated by the violence during combat. Characters being tossed like ragdolls or melted like wax figures serve as a constant reminder of how close death is at any moment. Far from fetishization, it is quick, brutal, and treated as just another occurrence rather than a spectacle. Rounded out with an amazing ambient soundtrack, and you have a fully developed backdrop that is solid on its own even before the inclusion of the plot. I'm sure you'll get more into the second half of the plot next time, but the evolution, evolution of a simple MacGuffin f- fetch quest into a more horrifying lurking evil is great and hints at further horrors that may exist in the post-nuclear world. Even though Fallout 3 and New Vegas did a good job of approximating the original two games, the level of innovation and sheer imagination that went into them will be hard to repli- replicate. I look forward to hearing how you two are faring and hope that you enjoyed it as much as I do. I wish I could go back and play it for the first time just like you are, Cole. Amen, Will. Yep. I'd, I'm with I, you.
0: I disagree with
1: nothing. Um, we didn't talk about wasteland.
2: No,
0: so. I've I've never played it. Like I know that it's uh like you know I know that it's there looming as you, you know looming over everything in this series. Mm-hmm. As you know, like either the inspiration for this or the spiritual predecessor. I hear different things from different people, but
1: yeah, I, it's amazing that I haven't played it. So I, I'm such a huge fan of, of Fallout. It's just it's it's a little bit it's a one step two PC for me oh, yeah. and that's even for me like i love pc <laughs> games it's on my pile of shame like i will play wasteland someday like enough of this game is drawn from that i like the setting i like the people involved i would love to play wasteland i supported the shit out of the kickstarter for the sequel you know i i want to love wasteland i will love wasteland
0: i will <laughs> love wasteland before i die <laughs> i will but
1: love this I thing i will Gary will love you. (laughs) Uh, But uh, yeah, so that's uh, kind of the, you know, they wanted to make a sequel to Wasteland and couldn't get the rights Mm. and ended up accidentally uh, kind of making this incredible thing that ended up being hugely successful on its own. Yeah, so thank you, Will.
0: Yes, and uh, there's one final one that I will read as soon as this page refreshes. There we go. So <laughs> this is from Osmosis on the Something Awful uh, Video Games podcast. Megathread says, I think everything that can be said about the content of the Fallout's has been said by now, so I'll just share some, share some personal memories of what is probably my favorite gaming series. The first game's manual was and is one of the greatest ever made. It really set the dark, humorous, post-apocalyptic tone. It is also one of the few physical game paraphrases from my early pc gaming days that i still own it holds a place of pride on my bookshelves next to my system shock one manual which isn't particularly good i just have fond memories of that one too second the first game's time limit stressed me out so much that i obsessively reloaded whenever i found a location in the wasteland so that i could travel there in a straight line instead of wandering around to look for it Save scumming at its finest that was mm-hmm. my addition not his um <laughs> mm-hmm. uh Third, my first character was a low HP, high agility, and perception one because I read the perk list and found the sniper perk. Range criticals are just the best thing. Mm-hmm. Number four, I couldn't believe my eyes with some of the critical hit with the critical hit death animations, especially stuff like the shotgun kills of my, mem- my memory serves. Like this one, he posted an, an animated GIF of uh, somebody having like a chunk blown out of them, like they were a fucking gingerbread man. <laughs> <laughs> and and finally, uh, he says, I remember seeing ads for Fallout and PC Gamer that advertised its GURPS origin. Uh, there was a neon wireframe of a rad scorpion. From that moment, I just knew I had to have the game. Um, never played GURPS. I know of it as a thing. Is that like uh, the Linux of uh, of
1: um, uh, role-playing <laughs> games? It is. Um, <laughs> it has a... So it is open world for everything like that, for, you know, every setting you can do um it is as somebody who dabbles in tabletop gaming myself um it is legendarily complicated um character creation takes forever um so has kind of been supplanted by d20 so d20 is the easy but gURPS originally was kind of the uh you know it stands for generic universal role-playing system right so it is supposed to be applied to, to any setting Man, that that manual. I have the manual for this, even though I never had it originally, since I bought it in that jewel case. Uh-huh. Um, but I bought it on eBay because it is incredible. It takes the place as, or it takes the form of like a travel guide, yeah. um, you know, for for leaving the vault and the uh, the strategy. I have a strategy guide for this and Fallout Two because again, my favorite. I have actually strategy guides for all the Fallout games, my favorite nice. series, and uh, those take place. Um, or take the one for number one has this like crotchety old like prospector character guiding you through things and giving you hints <laughs> and stuff like in the 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 kind of you know the the commitment to to flavor text in this series is incredible that manual is so good we'll put up a, a link to it because it's available online and uh it is it is just something to behold how yeah. do i miss game manuals <laughs> i wish the ones that they... are at ballers gate where the the, the last two thirds of it were just spell descriptions yeah like it, it doubled as a fucking dungeon master's guide yeah you know, like it was just like I used to read the shit out of those. Things. God, you know, here's the mark of how good PC game manuals used to be. When I go to like a Goodwill, one of the things I like to do is go to the uh, the game section because I will buy old, you know, game guides for games that I have, you know, or old tabletop role playing game guides because they are fun and interesting for me, and sometimes they have hilarious, terrible art. <laughs> um, There's a game called Cyberpunk that has all live action photos in it for all the art so it's all these like fat guys with goatees and sunglasses um you know with a keyboard that they plug into like a wall Uh, um you know but the uh uh you know so in those good in those goodwill sections constantly game manuals show up because the people who sort them don't know that they're not guides because they're fucking like phone books because that's awesome and that's the way that game (laughs) manuals used to be
0: that's the way game manuals should be
1: like the, the, the shadows of, um, you know, Baldur's Gate 2 manual I've seen show up like huge spiral bound monstrosity, like so many times at like Goodwill gaming sections. Good
0: night. Yeah. That's, uh, I'm, I feel that my, my, my affinity for strategy guides has supplanted the, uh, the, the general awful state of game manuals these days. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And they used to, there used to be some like overlap. Like one of the games, you know, we often talk about, you know, not doing <laughs> is, uh, is a uh, fantasy star Two. Um, and that game had a strategy guide for the first half of the game in the manual. Same with uh, final fantasy II. Yeah. Which is really interesting. That's an interesting way to to do things. Um, but they didn't have tons of flavor or anything like, uh, like this fallout manual did. Yeah. which just good. God, I need to read it. Yeah, no, definitely check it out. If you don't need to read it cover to cover, it's going to tell you a lot of things that you already know about the game, Yeah. but just look at the little sides and flavor stuff Mm -hmm. because it's, you know, it's it's made as a a Vault Tech manual. Yes, I believe. Um, yeah. So, uh, thank thank you very much. Um, we are going to go buy 150 days from the Dilaration merchants. <laughs> Uh, I, as, as this show goes on I just get less and less inspired to come up with clever deliberation things that's fine I,
0: I was going I to I say we're going to go into the vault that was designed to socially encourage <laughs> deliberation
1: Yeah, to, to, to encourage competition among comments yeah. I've been exposed to the forced deliberation virus and it's uh, <laughs> decreased my intelligence so that is why we're going to do that
0: okay I'm gonna keep it because I liked the buh at the yeah. end. <laughs> so that's out there I, I, forever I sh- now. I should say,
1: I should say at this point that I've been up for 27 hours as well.
0: Yep. No, so. that's that's perfectly fine. I slept I slept for five hours last night. So. Yeah, between the two of us, the
1: uh, <laughs> the loop loop factor is high. Yeah. So. I
0: also, I also drove for four hours yesterday, so it's like, ah, oh, fuck. Yipes. Yipes, yipes. All oh, right. Okay. <laughs> We went to the deliberation merchants, but it drew attention to our uh, to our studios, and our we were raided by super studios. yeah to our deliberation studios, and we were killed by deliberation mutants, and now we're yeah. podcasting from
1: hell. I um, would have also accepted super deliberators, <laughs> super deliberators. <laughs> like, yes, yes. Um. So so based uh, based on our our uh, conversation, we are choosing Chase mostly because of uh, that uh, false nostalgia slash nostalgia. Yes, thing, which I like. Yeah. That's good. That's good also, concept. I want to bribe you to play more Infinity Engine games. Yes, it, I, it's like for some reason I it's like I'm a demon and I have more power when people play <laughs> Infinity I Engine games. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I, I just I just like it when when that happens. It <laughs> Makes me happier as a person to know that there are people out there playing Infinity Engine games. You know, I don't I don't know what it is, but um. So for that, um, obviously for the next episode we're doing uh, Fallout, which you have. After that, we're doing Shadowrun, which, you know, we can't gift you if we wanted to. Um, so I was looking at my Steam. You know, I buy things on Steam when they're 99 cents if I like them. I would like to put, if you join our Steam group, and then let me know who you are, because uh, usernames and, and regular names I don't always, uh, you know, put together, um, I will give you a little gift pack of, of cheap Steam games, like just kind of look through what you have and, and what I have and give you a couple games I bought on sale. Um, that, you know, I think are pretty nifty.
0: Cool. So thank you very much for writing in. If you would like to, uh, contribute more thoughts about Fallout, because we're doing another episode about it, uh, next episode two weeks. in two yeah. weeks, two weeks from when you're hearing this. Um, well, you can listen to it anytime. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the next episode is going to be about the second half of Fallout. If you want to submit more thoughts on the second half of the game, uh, there will be no holds barred uh, as regards uh, plot. So go ahead and hit us up at duckfeed.tv contact. Also, also at the uh, Watch Out for Fireballs page, there's a little widget where you can submit your game thoughts. Um, mm-hmm. Which is which is cool. You can leave us a voicemail at four one nine eight three four W O F F, and uh, of course Facebook and the uh, Something Awful thread are both places mm-hmm. that we mine for comments.
1: So and Twitter and the Steam group, any way you can contact exactly. us exactly. YouTube comments, <laughs> Message we, we are bottle. available to you. Yes. Yeah. Yes, um, we, we are, Orange Soapstone, we, we are available to you in, in any way of context, so please uh, get in touch with us. Um, as we mentioned, the next game we're doing after Fallout is uh, Shadowrun for the SNES, a uh, ridiculous RPG-adventure game hybrid that is really unusual. Um, but uh, I'm looking forward to revisiting, and Cole is looking forward to playing for the first time.
0: Yes, um and then after that we are going to be talking about uh Parasite Eve, which is going mm-hmm. to be really fun for me because again, I would like to revisit it. Um yeah,
1: and you, and you, a, you've played it too, right? Yeah, I played it a couple of times. It was I, I owned it on the uh the Playstation back in that time when you'd buy like every RPG for Playstation <laughs> and it ended up resulting in you spending, you know, time on Jade Cocoon and bullshit. <laughs> but this Shadow one was actually Yeah, yeah. You know, I actually have uh fond memories uh, mm-hmm. of this game. And uh, I'm hoping it stands up. And if not, it's, it's relatively painless and short. But it's kind of an RPG survival horror hybrid uh, made by Square during their experimental phase.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. After that, we are doing Yoshi's Island, um, you know, a competitor for best Mario game. Like, I love Mario World, but Yoshi's Island is so goddamn good. Yeah. That, uh, you know, if anything's going to knock Mario World out, it's going to be Yoshi's Island. <laughs> not Mario 3. Hear that? Hear that? Hear it,
0: <laughs> you fuckers!
1: No, Hear it? it's so good, but it's not quite just, as good. I just,
0: I just, I just have one thing to say to you.
1: What? What? <laughs> what? Chest bump, mixed martial arts. Let's do it. I hate my dad. Bam, bam, bam. <laughs> Is that from something? Tap out. Tap out. No. <laughs> okay. no Oh man, um, I love that. <laughs> Um, anyway. Uh, whenever I hear what, that's what I think about. Okay. Um So yeah. <laughs> so uh we'll be tapping out on Yoshi's Island. Um and hopefully you will tap in yeah to that. <laughs> um um okay. Do we know what we're doing after that? I think after that, and feel free to creatively edit this if I'm wrong, we're doing another one of our non-game Special episodes. Oh,
2: yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: We're doing a game about or a show about uh, game music and sound. Yeah. yeah. So uh, similar to the arcade episode, um, you know, we, every once in a while we, in the anniversary, you want to do these kind of general things. We're kind of experimenting with those. Uh, they've turned out to be very popular um, and it seems like people like them. So we're doing one all about game music and sound, and that's going to have a huge audience participation piece. I'm planning on doing, uh, you know, if, if it ends up I can't, I don't know if it falls on my edit time, but mm-hmm. my idea was to have a lot of people talk about their favorite game music and do it, you know, a pretty lengthy extra episode oh, with nice. a lot of that stuff um, because we all love game music, I we think. Yeah. and uh, so we'll probably we're going to talk about some specific things. Um, I know as far as talking points, I mean, we'll firm these up, but I want to, you know, kind of in depth go about that, uh, you know, my railing against the Hans Zimmer singularity and about how limitations, you know, made for stronger melodies and everything. Yeah. And I know Cole has some, some very pertinent thoughts about sound design.
0: Yes. In games. Oh boy. I can go on for hours about monkey Island too, but I will not, <laughs> or maybe I will. Who knows? So, yeah.
1: <laughs> so yeah. And that's all we're, we're prepared to, to tip our hand with uh, yet. But we have exciting things going on in the future after that. Yes. Um, which, um, uh, yeah.
0: In, in, like, in the meantime, if you want to suggest stuff, there's a little widget on our page. It uh, goes directly to a spreadsheet that we, uh, that we both can see. Um, and we will take those into consideration as we make our lineup.
1: Yeah, and we are actually, you know, we had this kind of fall planned out just because it worked out that way. But we are actually, you know, nearing the end of our plans. So your suggestion very well could get up being snatched up yeah. um, if it stri- strikes our fancy. So uh, definitely do that. Um, if you want to support us, uh, probably the most, uh, you know, the two twin or three twin, <laughs> three twin, the triplet ways of, of uh, supporting us most directly would be, uh, A, rating and reviewing us on iTunes. Um, we've had a bunch of reviews in the last month, which has been great. Um, we still are kind of regularly appearing on the charts now, which is awesome. Um, we haven't been able to hold a position, but usually when, whoa, um, I don't even know what thing made that noise, um, outside my window. Um, but usually when we put out an episode, we chart a little bit, which makes us feel good. Um, so that helps out a lot. Uh, the second way would probably be, uh, using the Amazon referral link to do all your Black Friday Christmas shopping. Um, I do it which you know is just giving myself back money but uh i do uh, if i do my amazon uh shopping i do it through that link and then the third way would be those that audible trial that we mentioned um that helps us out uh hugely hugely and we want to prove to them that we are uh, a horse you can you can bet on we are a safe bet so uh if you're interested in, in uh, audiobooks at all which i think you will be if you like podcast um jump on it and check out that free trial it's a great service
0: Yes, um, there's kind of a there's kind of one announcement. There are more ways to listen to the show now than ever. Uh, we, by the time you're hearing this, we're going to be fully on uh, Stitcher, uh, Smart Radio, which is uh, a, an, an online service for streaming podcast episodes. Um, mm-hmm. Every show on the Duckfeed Network is going to be on there. Um, so give that a shot if you are not an iTunes person. I know that there are some people who aren't iTunes people. Uh, that is mm-hmm. another way for you to get a hold of our stuff. Um so yeah, just in order to make it more convenient. And I'm still considering the idea of uh doing the app thing uh through our yeah. through through our uh host, which it would be trivially easy to do. Um mm-hmm. so if there's interest in that, you know, uh let us know and uh that'll probably push us over the edge. I'm probably gonna do it anyway. So keep an yeah, eye out for let, announcements.
1: Yeah, let us know what what makes it easy for you to get a hold of the show. Yeah. Well like um, it's really- The the takeaway
0: because like the 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 itunes ratings i you know the majority of our traffic comes from that like to the show um that like that's that's far and away the most popular but uh we we, you know we want to take that down a little bit and you know appeal to other people who are not uh down with that flavor so uh not take it down but like at the end (laughs) of the day it's
1: more important to us that people who want to hear the show hear it yes and it's convenient for them than any kind of like ranking as much as that makes us feel good yeah it's not uh it's not really what we're in it for so
0: take it down as a proportion of our listenership to to spread the love a little bit
1: yeah so or just grow the love and this sure yes Market. why do you gotta be negative cool.
0: i'm you know it's just one of those things it's, oh my upbringing
1: <laughs> that's
0: why <laughs> oh, my, upbringing. <laughs> <laughs> my various neuroses
1: <laughs> <laughs> a, my purposes. cornucopia of neuroses yes yeah there's a sensible answer for that
0: um <laughs>
1: <laughs> so yeah. yeah i think i think we hit about everything so yeah stitcher check mm-hmm. us out all that stuff yeah the, the other uh, big thing we want to hit is that there are two new shows on the network oh yes yes um the uh, Cole's long running video game show, Stand on the Don't Tree and Roll Me This, has died. <laughs> <laughs> and in its place, Risen, risen Like a Phoenix is a show called The Level, uh, which is a lot of the same principal cast members, but spices things up a little bit. Um, it's just on episode two, Get in On the Ground Floor, um, has awesome theme music um, <laughs> that Cole con- composed. Oh, yeah. Which, uh, I you. did not know that uh, that he did that until he showed me the, the music for it.
0: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I do music. I'm I dabble. Just, I dabble. You know, I do a thing. I do a thing.
1: <laughs> do a thing. Um,
0: <laughs> and speaking of awesome shows with great music, uh, Gary's new show on the network is called The Pitch, uh, where he and his friend Brayton uh, – mm-hmm. does, does he share his last name? I don't know his last name. Uh, Brayton Cameron. Brayton Cameron. Uh, they get together and they talk, about, uh, they talk about products that can change the world and make them rich. Yes. I, 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 I presume that that's that, that's yes. the end game
1: <laughs> each, each week it is is just a listening in on a conversation between me and brayden where one of us has an idea um it's very short i think the longest one we've done so far is like 16 minutes um it is the descendant of a, a show i used to do called the dino pitch and there are links to that on the page if you want to go back to those um there are some in jokes and stuff that are part of this but uh i'm i'm intensely proud of it um and it's a low commitment so give it a shot Um, I personally, not to toot my own horn too much, but I think it's super funny.
0: Yeah. It's, it's fucking great. (laughs) Would you say it's low calorie? Yeah,
1: (laughs) I would say, I would say it's definitely low calorie. The other fun thing about that is that we record them. So we've been recording them like super far in advance. So we have like eight of them banked. Yeah. Um, so I've heard, you know, the next, you know, three months of of the pitch (laughs) and it's all good. We haven't recorded something I haven't liked yet. Awesome. So Excited about that.
0: <laughs> so yeah, um, you know this this has been a longer episode. I think this is Gary's retribution to me for making him
1: edit the uh, the, the Metal Gear Solid episode. <laughs> that, that did take like a year off my life. Like, <laughs> that was so uh, you know intense to do that. Um, but sometimes these games, like these games, we just really love, or we have a really deep history with. Um, it's hard not to do do long ones. And most of the feedback we've received have been like, "Hey, you know, I listen to work. I listen on a commute." do what you guys gotta do if that's something you know if you guys hey, rein it in a bit if you want to tell us that we need to hear it from you because yes. otherwise we're gonna say everything we want to say about a game so if that is feedback you know that you have we won't be offended um, unless you just be you know, like hey dickheads make it a little bit shorter <laughs> You know? there's no need to be rude be constructive with your criticism so yeah yeah why do you assholes like the sound of your own voice that much they're <laughs> both shrill and annoying <laughs> actually I think my voice is the only one that can be considered shrill I think that Cole has a dulcet Yes, uh, I, I believe
0: I, I believe an iTunes review likened my uh, likened my voice to being wrapped in a in a cloak of uh, of crimson velvet. So.
1: Right. And, and, and there was another review that I actually downrated, uh, that, that mine sounded like a, uh, a glass recycling plant. Uh, got into a fight with two cats that were fucking. So, I didn't see that. Yeah. The, the, so, so honestly, if you want to hear less of me, um, please, I'll, I'll put please out, let us know.
0: I'll put out, uh, just, uh, just another, another one where I mute Gary. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah. Just or just replace me with the, the uh the Microsoft Word like text to speech voice. Just take everything I say and just it takes replace it, it the takes speaker. 17 Let's...
0: hours to edit because I have to transcribe everything you yeah. say.
1: <laughs> or do, or just bring in somebody with a different voice to like be play me. No. <laughs> I do not miss Bart at all. Bo. Bo. <laughs> you oh. You know, I really like Fallout, Bo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: so, oh man we need to button this shit up man
1: yeah yeah that's that's true let's do we're, we're both super punchy we're, we're talking about it but cole has gotten very little sleep and i've been awake for a very long time <laughs> so that's the other reason why this may be...
0: we've been locked in a vault where they mess with it's like guantanamo they mess with our sleep yeah. cycles yeah
1: two separate <laughs> vaults that are studying the effects of uh, sleep deprivation in different ways <laughs> So,
0: so, so. Watch out for the monsters and demon dogs that are nipping at your heels. If you will fall asleep, Uh, watch out for rat scorpions. Yes. Watch out for thermonuclear explosions. Yeah,
1: and and watch out for fireballs. Fireballs never change.